time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, one and all. I hope you all brought a good appetite because we're serving up some onion rings because Sean said he was going to bring them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to After the Credits of Young Films Podcast, episode 82. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the newest MCU entry, which is Shang-Chi, The Legends of the Ten Rings. With me today, we have Ryan Davis. The Legend of the Ten Onion Rings. The Legend of the Ten Ryans. Oh no, that's too many Ryans. Uh-oh. Ryan, who else do we have here with us today? Well, we got Sean Davis is what we got. Uh, it's Sean. Sean Davis. I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> what? Why not? I just did it. <laughs> Johnny, edit this out. <laughs> oh, okay, Sean. I'm, gonna, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. Uh, it's going to be really awkward, Johnny, if in the final product we he could hear your own voice in it, after promising that you'd edit it out. Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that this, uh, this doesn't make it into the episode. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Just enjoy your onion rings. <laughs> I will do. Got some ranch on ranch and ketchup. Oh, with this. good. I was, I forgot to ask for ranch. Um, and I hoped that you would remember that I like that on everything. All right. So. How's it going, everybody? What are we doing here? It's been a little while, yeah? It has been. Okay, great. I don't even remember how long, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's two, happening. Two, three weeks. Y- you free know, we, guy. We did some free guy in. We got, we got, we did free guy and we have movies again, and that's great. Like, we actually, like, have a steady flow of, uh, of, of film releases happening. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so we got, we got stuff to do. But you know, life gets in the way, so whatever. Um, should we talk about that? Should we should we pull our, all of our chunks out and burn them to a nice crisp? What? How do you like your chunks cooked? Well done, definitely well done. Raw, hmm. raw, hmm. raw oh. chunks. Tartar. See that I like them more of a medium well. So, um, so I think we have a good. I think we've got a good uh, palate. Uh, a good good representation of the palate here. At after the credits of Yum Chunks podcast, in regards to how we like to eat our fresh chunks. <laughs> All right. I mean, if well, there's anyone that, note, that should, it should be us. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we even doing here? Why else and, do the users come to us? Exactly. It's not for a diversity of chunk. I like how you call them users. <laughs> <laughs> like, like drug addicts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's only two you're... professions that refer to their customers as users. <laughs> drug addicts and video games or software developers. Yeah, software developers addicts. and drug addicts. That was an old, oh. uh, an old computer science joke we used to make in college. <laughs> was it actually? Yeah, it was. Oh, I mean, I wasn't privy to that scene since I didn't major in computer science. I'm an art major, like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoy your life. That's the difference. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I do. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's well, move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of enjoying your life, Ryan, <laughs> throw your chunks out. Tell me, tell me all the uh, parts of your life that you've been enjoying or not. Maybe well, recommend some movies for us to not watch. Who knows? Exactly. I was gonna say, in in true Ryan tradition of recommending things not to watch. Um, first up, we have Kate, 
the new action mm. movie from Netflix. Yet another um, just just uh, a person out there on their own getting revenge against everyone and anything in John Wick style. Uh, they have to protect the one thing. It's it's pretty much as you if listeners can go listen to my review of Gunpowder Milkshake, and it's basically it's just that movie plus it's just more Kill Bill. It is extremely oh, violent. Okay. It has um who is it? It's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead, thank you. Um, and she is good. She it, I would say this movie is better than the others of its ilk. Like I I recommended or unrecommended a uh, Jolt a few weeks back. Again, kind of the same thing. But this is better than any of those. Well, did anyone see that one with Charlize Theron? Like. Three years ago, yeah, it's, it's again. It's like that. What is that one called? Um, I forgot what it's called. But it has like the same kind of flavor of name, right? Like yeah. neon bullet. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's going. You're either going to get that or the Seth Rogen comedy one where she's the president. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. But it's not that movie. That's not it's the not, one I'm talking. No. It's Maybe it's just ne- called Neon. Is it just called Neon? Well, anyway, you, you you chime in when you figure out what that movie's called. But yeah, so that's not a good watch. I, well, actually, it's not the worst. It's okay. Um, I also watched the Fear Street trilogy, per Sean's recommendation, Atomic oh. Blonde. I said yeah. Neon Bullet. That's not too far off, I feel like. Anyway. I mean, that has the, definitely the same vibe to it, so. Yeah. It's, uh, I, Sean liked it. I didn't really like it. But I'm not really a fan of these, the, this, the gratuitous violence kind of thing just the slasher thing not really it's not my thing i guess i don't know it wasn't the worst ever but um. yeah i mean I, I i'm not necessarily a fan per se i would say like like i said i think when i was talking about it it's it's very sudden and like whoa out of the blue when it does happen like the whole first movie it's not that it's like very pg violent well like impl- until the yeah. very end <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's kind of why I almost didn't like it because it, it would otherwise be like a pretty interesting, like almost like a kid mystery. Well, okay. In conclusion, Fear Street, I did not like that much. But if you like slasher murder things, you should watch it because if that's your thing, you'll like it. Okay. It is better than most of those kinds of things. Um. Uh, the other thing I watched, per some friends' recommendations, is Murders in the Building. It's a dark comedy on Hulu, and it stars Steve Martin, and Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And it's pretty good. Every episode has like a kind of sort of a surprise little celebrity guest, and the premise of the show is they all listen to a murder podcast... And then they try to start making their own murder podcast. And here we are on our own podcast talking about that. No, shut this down. Yeah, I don't want to be layers. part of. The, I don't want to be part of the lore. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, th- well, we won't murder you then. I, I don't guess. know if we are, but or I mean, we'll solve the murder. Yeah. Well, I mean, also I think I yeah yeah I don't know if we're off the hook. You remember the curse, right? You all participated in my wedding. Murder podcast wedding. I don't remember that. Wait, what? <laughs> there's a curse. There's a curse in my wife's family. 
where 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 best mans tend to either get murdered or become murderers. Oh yeah, I remember that. So, I just I... so to offset the curse, I okay. deliberately didn't pick a best man. Oh, but, that's right. But Sean, being my officiant, maybe he's the next best thing, or maybe the curse gets deflected to everybody. Who knows? It's I like, all get a little a little murder. As long as we show the video of your wedding to our seven year old child, um, and that child shows it to his father or his estranged father, his father will get killed, not us. Did you make up those rules? <laughs> it's kind of a combination between it follows and the ring yeah. rules. So <laughs> Oh, okay. But by combining them that counts as me making it up. I yeah. see. Full credit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, recommend that show. It's it's not laugh out loud hilarious. What were we talking about again? What show? Only murders. Only in the murders building. in the building. Only murders in the building. Okay. Yeah. And the last thing I'd like to sort of recommend is I had heard long long ago about a adaptation, either movie or TV, for Why the Last Man which is a comic series I read when it first came out like 10, 15 years ago. Um, but uh, it apparently got me into a show. Like somehow it kind of missed it's, my radar. But well, it just started. It? it just premiered. It just started. Right? Yeah. yeah, it just started. Um, so I was so because like I mentioned, I was on Hulu and I for some reason I'm dumb and never use my Hulu account. So I did a bunch of Hulu watching this last week or so and um and so i saw that the why last man was already like three episodes in and i was like oh yeah well i gotta watch this because I, I thought the comic series was really good um i'm not sure i like the show that much yet but um but i'll probably watch it i don't know what the plan is because the series in the comic was very um concise i thought um and so I want to. I just hope the mo- uh, the adaptation isn't gonna kind of just go on forever, and that they keep it kind of concise. Hmm. So, um, if so, then it could be a pretty cool thing. Um, so yeah. Anyway, those nothing too super exciting. Not, not no strong recommendations other than I would say only murders in the building. But um, yeah, that's what I. Those are my chunks. Cool. Some good chunks. Yeah. Get them nice what and toasty. Moist. No, I wanted mine raw. Dang it, I went on too long. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you got? What do I got? What do I got? Oh, uh, well, Maeve and I have been using our uh, our Regal Movie Pass and going to see random things in random little pockets of time. She caught the uh, go-to-the-movies-all-the-time fever that we all used to have when we worked there. Um, so, And it's nice. It's nice having that pass. Uh, so I've seen a handful of movies recently that we haven't done episodes on. Um, I watched The Green Knight. Which I think Yay. one of you saw. I saw. Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean I can't saw. remember. What was your take on that movie? I, I mean, loved the, it. It was his favorite. It was it my was favorite fa- Green Knight. It was your favorite Green Knight. Um, yeah, I thought that was very strange. Um, it's very strange. I won't. Deny it's that. Uh, it yeah. was such a weird movie. It was. Yeah. I love the production design of the of oh, it, yeah, and um, yeah, the production design was probably my favorite thing about it. But yeah, it was just so odd and. Didn't follow any kind of traditional narrative. I didn't know where it was going, and yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I could go on about some of my 
takes on it and what I think it kind of means and stuff. But ultimately, I think it's about the like the 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 failure of hero worship and this like uh, this idea of being great and how that's kind of not a good thing, not a good idea, and what what that entails and what that can mean. Mm. But also, yeah, the structure just like it's weirdly like. I think I said this on the cast, but it reminds me of like Monty Python and not just because of the episodic little, like, and now he's on this adventure, but right. there's a, there is a level of like humor to it. That kind of mm-hmm. is, it's odd. I mean, it's, it's not Monty Python. Don't get me wrong, but there is an element of that kind of, that just reminded me of it. I loved I loved how surreal it was. Yes, I loved some yeah. of just the really bizarre imagery. Yeah. It was just a very um, different time at the movies. Yeah. Um, and then um, I saw the movie Candyman, which, uh, so I don't know anything about no kind of Candyman, no never know how, um, but I guess it's you know not the first Candyman movie. Yeah, the and... first one was in the nineties, I think. Okay. And, yeah, and it Original. had two sequels. Yeah. Okay, so it's had it's already had ninety two and ninety five. Yes. And ninety nine. Okay, great. So I haven't seen any of those movies. Um, we just went to go see this because it was what was playing at the time, and I thought it was all right i guess um i can't i mean like the thing is that like i just definitely feel like i was missing information watching it um and i really liked the ideas that explored about like um gentrification and police brutality and um institutionalized racism all that stuff is cool and i liked a lot of the horror stuff they were doing i just could couldn't really figure out how the pieces were supposed to connect to each other um and I wasn't sure if it was like, okay, is, am I, how much is referencing the la- the past movies? What am I, you know, and I definitely, it, it didn't seem like it did any favors to newcomers of the series. So I kind of just had to take and enjoy what I could from it. And kind of, I kind of felt like, well, either I'm really stupid, which, you know, jury's still out. Um, or it's just like, this isn't for me because I'm... This is, you know, this is for people who know the series. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure where I land on that. Um, and then, um, yesterday, we were going to film or record this podcast, but we didn't. And now Sean owes us onion rings. Um, <laughs> you just said you had them at the top of the episode. I, I don't know what's in the problem then. They were supposed I, to have been delivered. I ate them all already. Oh, yeah, I owe you more on it. I did say Yes, two. thank you. Yes, you did. You owe me from Angelo's, please. Thank you. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, they're the best. Anyway, um, so instead, uh, yesterday, uh, we went to go see um, Malignant, another horror movie. Mm. It's September, so it's Halloween Eve right now, since the whole month of October is Halloween. Um, and that was weird. And part of the reason have have either of you seen malig- or heard of Malignant? I've, I've seen the trailers yeah, for I've it. It just it seems too. like an another movie in a long line of let's pick a a bad sounding word, insidious. <laughs> right. Uh, what was the other series we liked? Um, uh, wasn't it seditious? <laughs> um, <laughs> Innocuous. Devious. That's when they ran out of. Yeah, just... Well, I'll. Uh, I'll say that the movie opens with a scene with in a hospital, in a laboratory in a hospital of some type of monster thing killing a bunch of doctors, yelling something about cutting the cancer out. And I went, oh, uh-oh. And then it goes into the opening animation credits, and it's just 
images of MRI scans of brain tumors. And I went, oh, is this a movie about haunted brain cancer? Because I don't know if I want to watch this. And then it, mm. it and then it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it was just something okay. else entirely. Um, yeah, oh, that... <laughs> it was very it was very misleading. But I was like, eh, whatever, whatever this is, I'm I'm gonna stick around and find out because if nothing else, I'm intrigued. Um, and it, it look, Red Letter Media just released their half in the bag on it today, and I haven't watched it yet, so I haven't had the chance for them to tell me what I think of the movie. Or okay, <laughs> um, it Fair was enough. it was also very strange, and it has a twist that Maven I called in the first act of the act of the movie. It's very easily telegraphed, but it in general it felt like this is definitely um, it definitely felt like Baby's first horror movie. Um, well, it's interesting. It's James Wan. It is James Wan. Yeah, and I'm looking at the reviews. It's got a it's got a 77 on the tomato meter. It's got a 52 in the audience score. Um, it definitely feels that like actually has me more interested in watching it now. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely feels <laughs> like um, like I, I'll say that we were laughing for most of the movie. Um, but I also thought that if I were 16 years old, I would have loved this movie. And, and part of it is that this movie in so many ways takes so much imagery from the ring. There's just, there's so much. And I know that a lot of the stuff in the ring is not, and I'm talking specifically the American one. Not a, a lot of that stuff is wholly original. Um, you know there's like you can say well the ring took a lot of stuff from like poltergeist and some other things um which is another movie that i love but um you know that they're both they both take place in seattle they both involve women going into basements and digging through old cardboard boxes to find vhs tapes and medical records and there's a vhs tape recording of a little girl sitting in a chair with black hair over her face um there's scary people who call you on the phone it just it felt very 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 much like they were trying to do what the ring did but you know with a slightly different story um and yeah so it i could see myself having been really into that if i was not super familiar with horror but because i've i'm older now and i've seen a lot more horror movies i found most of it very eye-rolly um not scary at all unfortunately i was hoping for at least you know even Scary movies that aren't very good. Sometimes they get you once or twice. Yeah. And I I I wanted to get got, and I didn't really get got, you know. Um, I don't like getting got. You do or I, you don't? I don't, but if I don't get got, then I do feel a little let down. Right, because so. what else are you so, coming yeah. for? Yeah. Uh, it is also, it's on HBO, too, and I was I think I'm going to watch on HBO, because I read some spoiler-free reviews, and the reviews mm-hmm. made me really interested in that, like, it was like, it's hard to describe the way it was kind of implying, but it's like almost like intentionally, like the way you said you were, it, you were laughing a lot. It like some of the reviews I read, like, oh, is this intentional? Like, is it supposed to be this weirdly schlocky? Or I don't know, schlocks that mm-hmm. word, but whatever it is. But then I also read a review too. It's like, no, it just sucks. So I don't know. I'm I'm really I think. I will and, well, that's the it. thing too is that I've seen the movie and I can't figure out which one it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Uh-huh. And and as I was watching it, I'm like, you know what? If this was a little schlockier then I probably, it could have been something like, um, maybe not the original Evil Dead movies, but, you know, the remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I like the remake a lot. Oh, yeah. The remake had, like, still had some tongue-in-cheek humor, even though it was also a very effective horror movie. Like, this could have been something like this if they had pushed it, um, a little (laughs) farther in the schlock. Or if they had pulled back on that and maybe done a script rewrite and 
and uh, address some of the the dumb plot holes and stupid character decisions and just things that don't make sense, they could have maybe reworked this into an actually good scare, uh, horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it kind of sits in that weird middle ground there. Um, but it's interesting, if nothing else. It, it's cool. it's interesting. All right. uh, and, I, I mean, I had a good time watching it. I can say that. Maeve and I had a good time watching it. If for not that's, all the reasons they intended, yes. but honestly, we're not sure. So that's all you can hope for in a recommendation. A good time watching it. Yep. Well, there you go. Those are my chunks. I hereby pass the the chunk stick, the chunk and stick to uh, to Sean. Take it away, Sean. Cool. Take the stick from me. Um, well, I'll just kind of double tap on Candyman because I also saw Candyman. Um, and yeah, there's nothing new I'm really going to bring to the table, but I agree, it felt like I was missing something. I also have not seen the originals, so if I was supposed to get something from the originals, I don't know. I will say, there were some kind of cool visuals, and I like the whole puppety parts mm. of it, and there was definitely good production design. <clears throat> I also will say, I was not scared even, I don't think it was, it was never scary, I was never like... For, I don't know, scared like you are mm-hmm. in a scary movie. At least I don't know, not me. But um, but yeah, it did feel like there was like bits meat, bits meat, bits missing or something. You know, like I don't know. It was it was strange. But there's a lot there I liked. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, maybe maybe you like it. That's a that's a weird one. That's a <laughs> odd recommendation. But what like- I yeah, what I can recommend though, and. Ryan, I, I assume you intentionally left this for me, is that um, I watched, well, Ryan and I both watched, we binged Ted Lasso this weekend, so we are, we've watched all, I actually have not actually even seen the pilot, because Ryan started watching and I wasn't around, so I didn't start watching it until oh, like I, well, three episodes well, in. Actually, I had already seen the pilot at a friend's oh, house. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I had, I mean, I guess I should have. It wasn't that long ago. I guess I could have rewatched it. I, I probably should have just watched it when you. Mm. Well, well whatever. whatever. Also, yeah. I didn't because I wanted. To, I was gonna uh, finish the second season and kind of. Oh, do that. that's so, true. Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Anyways, just watching all of all of up to season two, what has aired so far of Ted Lasso, and uh, um, I don't know how much you've heard of it, Chewie, or whatever. I'm sure you've at least heard of it. Yeah, um, I have heard of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it lives up to pretty much everything I heard about it in terms of it being delightful and just a good, fun time overall. Just really fun characters. Jason Sudeikis is just lovable, and and so is pretty much everyone else. And it's 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 funny. It's not necessarily like always laugh out loud funny in the most like audacious way, audacious way possible. But it's it's constantly just chuckle inducing if that kind of yeah. makes sense um while being consistently heartwarming and and charming charming and everything um yeah definitely definitely recommend that show i don't know maybe season two will take a nosedive I, you know i would be surprised if it gets awful overall i think i enjoyed season one more than i am enjoying season two thus far but yeah season two is still very yeah very very good so that's a big recommend for me um, and then lastly, a couple of video games. And actually, I was I, I beat this a couple weeks ago, but I either didn't mention it or I was like right before I beat it on the last episode. But I beat uh, or I got and beat uh, Axiom Verge 2, which is the um, it's an indie game, the sequel to a, the, a classic indie darling developed by basically a single guy 
who kind of did the entire game himself, including music and programming and art and all that kind of stuff. Um, and his name's Thomas Happ, I believe. Uh, it was really well regarded. I played it. I did like it a lot. I thought it was great. Um, anyway, the sequel just came out and I played through it and beat it. And I did. I liked it a lot. I think in a lot of ways it improves upon... It's a Metroidvania, by the way. It's a classic kind of like retro pixel art inspired Metroidvania um, with a big old map to uncover and secrets and bosses and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it was great. I think... I don't know which one I like more, but this one improved upon some ways and made some interesting um, variant, uh, you know, changes from the original. It's not the first one was big into like gun gun collecting and different guns you for combat. This one, it's all of that is removed. It's just a simple melee. You just have a little sword that you swing around as you go around. So um, in some ways, it changed uh, a lot. Anyways, Metroidvania, lots of fun. Um, recommend those games. Uh, I'm sure the first one's on sale. You can find pretty cheap somewhere or another. And I think that's about it uh, for my chunk fires, chunk stories, my well done stories. Burnt. They're nice, burnt, like nice and crispy. Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to know this thing was ever alive. I just want like to taste coal. Oh, like, like like how some people like their marshmallows. Just yes. straight up black. Which is, I don't like marshmallows like that. I So, I don't know what that means, but yes, exactly. Nothing. Just like anything we once say. living. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, bring it on down to Shang-Chi-ville. What, uh, who's doing? <laughs> <laughs> bring it on down to Shang-Chi-ville. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, no, right, if you guys are back. Ready. <laughs> yeah, that very topical. I hadn't reference. thought about that in a while. <laughs> um, who's doing this? Chewy, I think, right? No, Chewy, you introed it. No, I'm doing oh, the... Okay. I'll do the summary. Yeah. Okay, so spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The Legend of the Omelets. Omeletville. <laughs> yeah. I ruined it. Uh, okay, so uh, we open in a prologue, which is hundreds or thousands of years in the past on a man with 10 rings bracelets really um and he we'll address that we'll get there <laughs> um anyway he's he's conquering the world and stuff he's he's fighting nations un- under a voiceover and building an army and conquering the world okay cool that's that's the guy with the 10 rings anyway so now we're in present day and and we were our main character shang chi and 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 his best friend ever aquafina are both losers they're well essentially they are not to say valet drivers are losers but they I mean, that's basically what you just said though well yeah i guess i did <laughs> but they're losers in other ways yeah. okay all right yeah, okay. that that's that, not that why. That has nothing to do with being a valet driver. Okay. Yeah, and but the, you know, and they're like they their parents are like, hey, what are you gonna do stuff with your life? Blah blah blah. Um, but then they go to drive right on a city bus, and they get attacked, and it turns out that he knows all kinds of martial arts, and he fights off his attackers successfully. 
but they steal the necklace around his neck and Aquafina is like, hey, why, are you, why do you know martial arts? What's going on here? What is all this? And he's like, look, I have a past. I have to go save my sister. And she's like, okay, let me come too. And he's like, it doesn't make sense for you to come, but yes. <laughs> and so she does. And they go to find his sister. And she's in China, I think. And she runs some sort of gangster organization. Um, she doesn't want to come, uh, but then they all get attacked by a bunch of thugs. They fight them off, but they end up getting captured regardless by their dad. And the dad takes them to his secret gangster lair. And he says, look, your mother, who we learned had passed away, is trying to contact me from the great beyond, from the afterlife. And... I need to get to her secret hidden village where I met her thousands of years ago. And they're, they're, they've captured her and keep are keeping her there. And his children are like that. No, that's not what's <laughs> happening. But the dad insists. So he uses the, the their necklaces to somehow discover where their mom's village is because it's a hidden village and armed with this information they go to the village first um, Shang-Chi and Aquafina go there and meet the villagers and warn them of the impending attack from their father so they have time to prepare for their attack um, and they do training and stuff like this a little bit of a mon- training montage because that needs to happen and um then their father comes and attacks and they uh the father is trying to get to this like guarded doorway gateway where they've the villagers are guarding a primordial beast that if unleashed would ruin just ruin everyone's day and so there's a huge battle the big beast gets unleashed they fight and the dad ends up dying um shang chi gets the rings from his dad fights the beast aquafina becomes an archer and shoots arrows um they eventually repel the beast and they win (laughs) they win the day uh and uh yeah that's i think that's pretty much what what goes down there's a a fun little post credit scene so spoil double spoilers but you can kind of imagine what happens. He is going to join the Avengers or something like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, what else do you expect, moviegoers? Like, it's not even a spoiler. Okay. Um, I probably left some things out, but that's the overall, you know, little milestones of the movie. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's what we saw when we sat in front of the screen playing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi. I keep saying, yeah. Well, hey, if Aquafina got tongue-tied, then I think I'm allowed. Um, 
I don't know why her gives me an excuse, but <laughs> that's it, how it, it works. does. That's how it works. The contract of Aquafina. I wasn't going to question. She gives it. everyone an excuse to be awkward. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, what do we? Let's talk about the movie, huh? Why not? I guess. What did we think of it? I mean, if we have things to say, we should say them. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Do maybe we? we don't. I mean, I can. Maybe I can That's sh- it. We don't always have to have something to say, listeners. I guess Jeez, we don't have get to. Get off our backs. Yeah. This is an awful lot of preamble in this episode <laughs> for uh, not, us having no opinions on this movie. Yeah. All right. Which, I'm, tr- which one I'm trying the, to pad it out. Which one of the Ten Rings was your guy's favorite? Let's start there. Uh, um, The middle on his left arm. <laughs> uh-huh yeah ring ring uh i think that's ring seven yeah yes yeah, it's, it's um, ring seven every other one but the, really but the even but the even ones <clears throat> oh oh so uh my two, favorite two, four six eight and ten for those of you who don't know okay. math <laughs> even numbers elude you my favorite ring was the ring the of friendship they formed with each other that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> so I may have made up part of the movie because I don't remember a lot of it. So I may um, point out that um, with the Infinity Saga, we have Chaos Emeralds, and now we have Magic Rings. Oh, yeah, it was pretty cool that he went supersonic at the end. One step closer when he finally Sonic. collected them all. Well, he yeah. only collected ten. He's got to go find the other forty. Maybe uh, the Sonic yeah. Sonic's planet is part of this other dimension that they go to, where the the town, the mm. village exists in. Mm-hmm. They have all those mythical creatures. Yeah. I, where were the echidnas? Mm-hmm. Where was Dwayne the Rock echidna? No, it's not Dwayne the Rock echidna. No. It's um, Jason Momoa. No, right, no, 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 no. It's not or Jason is Momoa. It it's Idris Elba. Batista? That's right. Idris oh, Elba. Dang it. <laughs> I think all those other people were in talks, but it's Idris Elba. But you know what? It could be a big alternate universe planet. They could be on the other side. They yeah, could be true. in that planet's equivalent of Australia. Has it Idris matter. Elba also? Do you, has He's already been in the MCU, hasn't he? He's had to have. I think wasn't all the people he, we mentioned uh, wasn't were part he, of the wasn't MCU. He Heimdall? Yep, there you go. There, that's it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Right. This movie. Oh, this movie. He's also in the DC universe. Another man that made both. Who is he in the DC universe? He's in Su- the Suicide Squad. He's dead. Oh, person. right. The... Sh- shoot, man. Shoot, shoot man. Shoot the target guy. Sh- shoot man two man. <laughs> That would be a great title for a movie, Shoot Man. <laughs> shoot Man 2 Man? Yeah. Well, you have to make Shoot Man first before yeah. you can make Shoot Man, two shoot man. man Actually, two that man. would be great if they just started with the sequel and they just keep talking about as you know to each other as if the first movie and their events had already happened. I feel like, like uh, that's, that's the original Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just referring to the Clone Wars constantly and all the clones yeah. and, and such. And the Jedi... And- I, I remember all audiences constantly saying, what happened in the Clone Wars? We're going to see the clones. I just want to, my life is one complete white. So what do we think of Shang-Chi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why are you forcing us to talk about this? Uh, well, I don't know why we aren't talking about it. Um, yeah, I don't think any, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I liked it. I liked it. No, I liked it too. I liked but, it a lot. Uh, I think it, it actually... I have kind of gone through a little bit of an up and down since watching it. I remember walking out of the theater going, man, this was in some ways so unlike any of the other MCU films, while in some ways being the exact cliche of MCU films. Um, 
overall, I really liked it. And then I started thinking about some things, and it, they kind of gnawed at me, and I started not liking it as much. But then I got kind of I got convinced. Some other conversations, just kind of thinking about it more, I kind of came around again. Now, and now I kind of on the positive side. But overall, I think it's not going to vary much from the middle of the pack in terms of MCU stuff. Like I liked it more than probably the Black Widow, recent Black Widow, but I definitely it's not top tier for me. Um, uh, there's some stuff I do really like, but overall there's there's enough stuff lacking, which we'll get into, or maybe not lacking, but missed potential stuff that I kind of like was um, disappointed. It's a very strong word. Oh, I'm disappointed. I'm not angry, Shang-Chi. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, but uh, yeah, but overall, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was... Uh, really entertaining me. Really entertaining, um, for the most part. And that's my yep. ten rings. <laughs> that's uh, well, I I have a ring to to give. Um, yeah, I I I liked it. It wasn't. Yeah, I think uh, somewhere in the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit lower. But yeah, I was I was thinking about this movie and and just. It follows much of the formula of the Marvel canon. Um, it's kind of by the numbers, but at the same time, like I guess maybe just because of the the scope and um, imagery, it was very unique. Like not a lot of yeah. other MCU films, you could really say visually look the same. I mean, other than the ending, which is just a big CGI mess. Yeah. Um, I would say the for the most part it. It does look very different, um, not not all the time, but in a lot of ways. And the fact that it kind of it does center a little more around like a family, um, which is reminiscent, of course, of Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like that, and especially with like the brother sister dynamic and the brother, well, the the kind of like the best friend dynamic. I thought that was a little different, I, which I very much enjoyed. Um, but I think like Black Widow, I was a little let down in respects to some of the same things we were saying about Black Widow um, in that these are more grounded heroes, but then it still gets way too bombastic and kind of you miss out on what could have been just, oh, this is just amazing, great fight choreography and yeah. because it gets too bombastic. Um, but uh, having said that, yeah, I, I think overall I really did like it. Um, in fact, I think I'd rather see more of these movies than I would a lot of other like reoccurring Marvel stuff. So, hmm. yeah. Um, I uh, I liked it for the most part, um, but the third act got a little too cartoony for me and yeah. kind of lost yeah. me. And kind of, kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, I really liked the first two acts of the movie a lot. Um, I really liked, um, and it's funny because, uh, for me, she was the weakest part of Raya and the Last Dragon, was the Last Dragon, Aquafina. Um, in this case, I actually, uh, looking forward to the future of the MCU, she's the thing I'm most yes. excited about. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. for me, she carried the movie. My, most of my enjoyment came from her character. And I am most excited to see her again. Just like I was most excited to see um, uh, Black Widow's little sister in Black Widow. Yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. it was the side stuff. Um, I had trouble investing in Shang-Chi as a character 
Um, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, there's some weird things in it, like, throwing the abomination in there was, like, it, in the Fight Club was, like, yeah. totally a thing for the trailer. Having Wong from Doctor Strange show up was totally a thing for the trailer. Um, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. The, it's like, and then having, okay, so I'm mixed very much about the introduction of, uh, or the, the reintroduction of Trevor Slattery from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Like, it kind of felt like, like, I don't need, I don't need these, like, you can introduce a new character into the MCU without feeling the need to put arbitrary connections into the MCU. Like, Maybe there'll be all these things will be more important later, but like I kind of think like to like WandaVision, where okay, the FBI has to show up because the plot calls for it. Cool, the dude from Ant Man is here because he was part of the FBI, and we need a uh, a science lady, a science person. Cool, Darcy from Thor shows up because that's who she is. Like I felt all these little connections to the MCU in this movie were not necessary and distracting and i feel like i would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more if it actually had just taken the you know just let's just focus on this family and worry about the rest of it for the after the credit scene so i don't know i'm really mixed on this movie i liked a lot of it i'm sounding probably more negative than i actually no i think those are all valid things and and like i said i have gone back and forth i was I was never, like, hating it by any means. It was never a matter of me not liking it. But I was more negative uh, after watching it because of the reasons you said. The the Trevor Slattery stuff actually didn't bother me as much. I don't mind that so much. But I do agree in terms of, like, some of the other things. The the Wong didn't feel so necessary. The Abomination, actually, was really interesting because I didn't realize that was Abomination until, like, after seeing the movie five days later. And this sounds really stupid, but... I remember watching it and going, why is there a big fish man fighting and no one seems to care? <laughs> like, and that legitimately bothered, bothered, bothered me that, like, I get that we're post-snap and things are wacky now, but still, there's a giant fish man and no one is caring? And I was like, that's, I don't know, I don't know if I, I, I can't, I, I, for some reason that's bugging me. And so it wasn't well, until it's... days later that someone told me, friends, like, no, that was supposed to be Abomination from, and it, it is Tim Roth, uncredited Tim Roth apparently oh. did play him um and so when they told me that it was abomination for some reason that made me not dislike it anymore like i I didn't but it was like oh it is connected okay it's not just a random fish monster that would be crazy that would be dumb right but oh it's an established fish monster man we know that it's okay well you know they're they're filming she hulk right now and he's confirmed yeah yeah yeah, exactly i almost feel like it was just a hey Remember that that this character from that one movie that you <laughs> yes. almost certainly forgot. Um, we're still we're still running with that. It's still a thing <laughs> that still happened, and it's also because they referenced it in What If recently. Um, yeah, but uh, that I feel like that was like yeah, okay, but we don't need that in this movie. That's, yeah, I, that's that's fine. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's a, actually a good addition. It just for some reason bothered me less when I realized it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's those touches that I was kind of saying kind of makes the movie feel a whole lot less grounded. Where, like, yeah, you have this fight club, that, but then you have, like, these supernatural monsters that are apparently commonplace. It kind of, yeah, it kind of makes it feel more Guardians of the Galaxy. Where mm-hmm, you have all yeah. these wacky mm-hmm. aliens running around. And that's fine, because that's the world they live in. But, yeah, if you're just supposed to be, like, just on Earth and... 
Well, I mean, the movie. Yeah. It, I don't know. The, like Chewie said, the, the, well, the third act gets pretty bonkers. I want to. I want to. I want to comment on that because that if we're trying to make a movie that like okay, they're valet drivers in San Francisco, but like it's kind of like a. <laughs> I was talking about uh, with uh, my mother-in-law. Don't put the theme in right now. Um, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, about how a lot of these movies are like um, like little Harry Potters. Like a lot of them are like. Hey, character, did you know that there's, um, like, more stuff out in the world, universe yeah, than, like, yeah. like, hey, like, you're actually special, and there's actually crazy stuff out there, and you're about mm-hmm. to find out that the world is crazier than you thought. Like, yeah, okay, and, like, it, it kind of diminishes the contrast. Like, yeah, I know the world is crazy, and they even mention it, they're like, anything could happen now that half the planet can disappear, which is annoying, because the fact that that line is in the movie means that I can't tell my mother-in-law she can go see it. Um, because uh, yeah. we're not there yet. We're almost there. Infinity War is our next one. Um, Ooh. but 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 to my point, I would rather like if 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 you want that third act to hit more, like maybe leave some of that stuff. You could write a story where they don't encounter wacky supernatural crap like earlier in the movie. I don't know. I feel like I'm also being a little nitpicky. But uh, I mean, I the thing is, I feel the same way. I mean, I think yeah, the third act doesn't work for me for the most part. There are there are parts of it that I like, but it's they're those they're kind of like so removed, and they almost I like them despite everything else that's happening in the third act. But I think you kind of touched on Orion just now. You touched on this idea of the kind of the groundedness and stuff, um, specifically with the martial arts, because that's like the the prologue when. Tony, what's his name? Lung, the actor who plays the guy, the Ten Ringman. Dad. The dad. Um, the bad guy. He uh, he meets his the his wife or, you know, whoever she is. And it's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragging martial mm-hmm. arts. And I was like, oh man, this yeah. is great. There's going to be some of this stuff in here. And then some of the early fight scenes, especially on the bus, but then some of the, like the, 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 the fight scene on the scaffolding in um, whatever, or is, are they in? Hong Kong, Shanghai, I don't know what country, where, where, whatever city they're in, in the fight club, essentially. Yes. Like, yeah. there's martial arts, and it's, like, almost, like, not not quite, like, Jackie Chan level of just, like, street-level scruffy martial art just kind of getting by, but at least it reminds me enough of those things. Like, oh, these are, this yeah. is awesome. This is setting, it, setting itself, it's taking its identity in the MCU as, yeah, this is, like, a cool, like, legit, grounded martial arts, and they even go into a lot of that beyond just the action when, like, it's a whole other language they're almost speaking, especially with Michelle Yeoh when they start kind of doing the move, like, and, yeah. like, I love, like, oh, this is great, and then it just, like, slowly, not even that slowly, but gradually turns into giant CG monster, then we're not gonna even care about the martial arts anymore. Now we're fight- shooting demon things out of the air with guns and bows, yeah. we're using ten ring yeah. things, there's no semblance of anything about martial arts that was the heart of the first a- first half and what I kind of was hoping would be like the identifier of this character and this yeah, this, yeah. You, you said the you thing know. Sean you, you, you said the thing um, because <laughs> um, like okay if we're talking supernatural stuff and following the Marvel like oh there's like okay slight rewrite or workshopping here the Ten Rings themselves in my opinion, would be enough of a supernatural element for this movie. Yeah. Right? Like, if it's centered around that, I don't need Magic Crazy World. Save that for the sequel. 
Yeah, that like, I, that, like it, but like maybe uh, so much. Okay, the dad is this conqueror. He's had these rings. He's raised his kids, telling them the tales of how he's been around for hundreds of years. They don't really believe him, or they think that he's telling tall tales. They don't think these rings are magical. And then later on in the movie, they find out, oh shoot, this is all real. And what kind of powers do these rings hold? You know, like I almost feel that the rings were a footnote in this movie that is called Shang Chi and the Legend of the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I have the exact same note, Matt. Where it's like, wow, they spent seven eighths of the movie title on a thing that is (laughs) such a footnote Mm -hmm. to the entire everything. Like, and I'm I will get into my problem with the rings. But I wanted to kind of touch back on what Sean was saying about kind of the character of the movie being kind of described through the martial arts. Right. And that's exactly how I feel. And Matt, how you're saying kind of towards the end of it, it goes into in just CG monsters fighting each other and it loses that character. Well, what I wanted to see, especially with that, that I mean, that core conflict between the father and son, um, which I thought was interesting and, and cool. I thought they're that that had good good amount of tension but what it would have been cool is a more grounded fight between father and son because they have that 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 martial arts fight scene between the two and of course you know tony um lung he's this in super insane legendary martial arts master that's been in movies since you know, he yeah. actually I watched a movie with him and Jackie Chan in it a couple of nights ago because I was kind of I was re- thinking of of Shang Chi and I was like oh, I want to watch a good martial arts movie, one that is actually martial arts. It doesn't get bananas right, and so I did, and I actually found one with two of them in it. Side note: It was a really wacky movie. It, it's probably the only movie you'll see Jackie Chan shooting just a bunch of people. Like he, they just get guns at the end of the movie and they start blowing everyone away. Wait, like, which movie is whoa, it? Whoa. It's uh, I think it's called The Prisoner. Okay, I don't think I've seen it's seen it's, it's sort of like a I would call it like a, um a ripoff of um Cool Hand Luke and The Great Escape. Okay, okay. It it's an interesting movie. It's pretty bonkers by the end of it, but anywho. Um, yeah, so I would love to have seen that final fight scene between them, the two of them have this like great fight where, you know, his, the father has, is super ancient and he tried to instruct his son to be a martial arts champion from a youth, but he's got these rings and when the, when the kind of the turn happens and, you know, the father realizes that he's wrong and they end up kind of fighting the the beast together what i would have loved is that like he hands like five of the rings to his son and they're each fighting side by side doing like synchronized martial arts sean has your saying before when michelle Yu shows up and they're kind of speaking their own martial arts yeah. language yeah <clears throat> imagine that occurring between father and son the whole conflict yeah. of the movie between the two of them now leading up to this point where they're now fighting side by side and and Matt, you're talking about what are what what are these rings? Right. Well, this is the movie telling us, the viewers, and the father telling the son, here's what the rings are. They're more than just these objects of power. There are a way of expressing this martial arts language. And he's teaching them through like these you can just right, you can kind of visualize the oh, yeah, synchronized absolutely. and they're fighting together in yeah. lockstep. It's it's kind of like imagine 
uh, I don't know, Zuko and Aang. Ooh, I was just thinking about that. Dance. The Dragon Dance. I was just going to um, say that. Doing the- so also, you know, what would be great about is one of the few things of the climax that I did kind of like, again, in isolation almost, was the effects of the Ten Rings as they were fighting. But imagine if that was the only supernatural element in right. that final fight, right? Oh, like, yeah. So now imagine what you're saying, Ryan, with like these two guys, the masters of their form, communicating and doing this whole, you know, ritual almost right and now integrating this just like this touch of cg this not cg yeah. specifically, but touch of fantasy and fantastical of, of color right of color on top of this ancient you know grounded thing now that small little thing just makes everything pop instead pop. of a vomit of dragon demon things flying around yeah. and craziness right. yeah. no exactly and i, I I did like what they did with the color where there's the blue and then the yeah, yeah, yellow yes. gold. And that was fun was cool. visually. Yeah. It kind of popped. But yeah, imagine that that was the only element. Yeah. So it popped even more and it was like this brilliance of and it had a more it had more meaning behind it cuz yeah. yeah, when you got a dragon flying around in the background <laughs> going bananas, it's like, well, I don't know, that dragon's pretty cool. These, <laughs> I don't know about these rings, I guess. Something I thought of um in regards to well, the crazy cartoon dragons finale was uh you know that i was thinking well this criticism i have of this movie is very similar to the criticism that people had with black panther where it you know the yeah. big battlefield people compared it to phantom menace and the giant cg rhinos. I, I somewhat i agree with that to an extent and, sure. but but yeah. i think where it differs is that that movie mostly takes place in wakanda and not only is yeah. it about the yeah. characters who live there it's about wakanda itself like why it's yeah. significant yeah why mm-hmm. why the world why like its relation to the world stage and a lot of that movie is just showing the audience what wakanda is all about right yeah. and that's what the movie is and if they're about like heavily armored rhinos in battle like okay cool i've spent the entire movie learning uh, all these wacky things about yeah. this place what's well, a little bit more wackiness that's all right but yeah. so it, it that doesn't feel out of place to me, aside from maybe some moments where the CG doesn't look great. But yeah. this, I think, speaking to all of your points, yeah, it doesn't it feels out of place because it's not in sync with the rest of the movie. It just kind of feels yeah. like it turns into a different movie. Yeah, and and so it's like there are parts, I mean, the parts where that's where I was saying like originally it's like in some ways it feels like unlike so many other MCU films. Um, because of these, it's not just because of the CG, because obviously that's prevalent and crazy, fantastical stuff, but just like, oh, all of a sudden there's a dragon here. Like, no explanation. Not that we need a scientific reason why there's a, is there, what's the species of this dragon? That's not what I mean. I just mean like, oh, there's just a dragon that is underwater here and is now a thing in this movie out of nowhere. It just, it's in bombastic, yeah. but it's a bombastic that uh, is... Is it feels like something though? I guess I was gonna say the third act or whatever feels like elements almost from the DCU in the way like Aquaman or mm. or even Shazam in some level, you know, like where it's just like yeah, it's wacky, crazy, and that wholly isn't bad. That's not in and of itself, but it just like for a movie that started out and what I like was a grounded character martial arts stuff that could still be big in certain ways. It just took a turn that I was not necessarily. I don't know if I just really appreciated. But also that town, that like it, it was more than halfway through the film where they're now. Oh, now we're in another dimension. Like, whoa, what? Why? Where? Why are we in another dimension in this movie? It was a movie about a yeah. guy and his dad and you know martial arts fighting, and now we're in another dimension with like 
what's happening? It also reminded me of Final Fantasy VI, the Esper Village. When um, that's what I, was I don't get that reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no Final no, yeah, Fantasy existed it... before seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can play the pixel art remaster that's going to come out and just ruin it all. I will not. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, sorry. The... No, sorry. Um... <laughs> no, that's fine. You're allowed. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, Sean. Like it, it kind of felt back. Like the movie felt super backloaded because then it, yep. it, it sort of. I mean, it doesn't, but it, it in a way makes the first two thirds of the movie feel like insignificant. Like, yeah. Yeah, whoa, yeah. movie! You had this whole other universe that you're hiding yeah. inside this movie. Like. Hey, like I kind of want to. What are these giant, all these Kirins and lion beasts and other drag? Like, maybe we should have spent more time doing that. And like, it is two thirds in the movie when they we get a huge amount of exposition about where this village came from. Like, oh, we're yeah. from another dimension, and yeah. we this whole long story where you're like, wait, what? And, like, and then the am revolu- I supposed to pay yeah. attention to this? Like, who? Do I, is this going to be relevant later? Why are you telling me this? And within context of the movie, it doesn't ex- Yeah. I mean, it does. Yeah. I would say you could have left it out. But I mean, they're probably setting things up for later. I so like in some ways it reminds me of the Black Panther is um, obviously there's some obvious comparisons there. I think the biggest thing yeah. that not just in the CG-ness, but in terms of there being, I don't need a big army fighting. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it, it just feels like so like, early 2000s like uh, every film had to have a big army fight at the end because of lord of the rings and it's like we're 20 years later i don't need a big army fight with especially with two armies i don't care about i don't know these people right and i think they also not only do they fail on that note i think it feels like like a very small production yeah because that field is so small and dinky so it it, if because but i think they I think they think it's a Lord of the Rings style fight. That's like that's where, uh, yeah, exactly. It doesn't like quite work because it's like okay, you're you're building this up as the fate of the universe apparently because some evil demon god that is going to destroy everything. I don't that I have my issues with that kind of being the real antagonist in Revelation, but but just yeah. like yeah, it makes that final army fight seem just like uh, so. This is the end of the universe, and you just have like twenty guys with bows and arrows like i don't know like really i guess like circumstantially yeah. what are they supposed to do i guess that's what they have to do i'm tired um, of the fate of the universe being at stake in all of these movies yes that's the it's like Re- man remember when remember when thor and thor one just had to fight a big robot <laughs> yeah, exactly. and yeah, I, save I a town that, in new yeah. mexico remember when yeah, remember when great. iron man had to fight um uh, Jeff Bridges in a big robot suit <laughs> yes. and and stop his just for the uh, fate his of like his business. From... Yeah, it was it was just like oh the business is the wrong hands. I mean, it's definitely power creep, right? Like I I do get the sense that sure. like after Endgame and and other things and and maybe to an extent Loki and stuff. I don't know the production timing of it all, but it's just like well we can't just have a movie where the climax is about like the father's relationship with his son and the fate of these objects or something. It has to be you know universe affecting right okay how do we like and it's like no i don't know no it doesn't in some ways it's going to be more refreshing and more impactful if it's not like it it, it reminded me of dormammu from doctor yes, strange or just, just like just this end... <laughs> yes um and that's another one where that it's funny because doctor strange the movie was not is not one of my favorite but doctor strange the character actually i i like his interaction with all the other external 
Doctor Strange stuff. And, like, I like him a lot. His original movie, it's okay. There's some cool stuff in there, but it's not my favorite. And that's kind of how I think of this. Like, specifically what you're saying with Aquafina. I do, like, I am really excited about her. It's funny because I didn't even think she was that funny in this. I, that's another huge, like, kind of letdown with this movie. I didn't think, it, it, the comedy did not work for me overall. There were some moments that did. Um, but that being said, Aquafina was, I thought she was great. I She wasn't, yeah. like, not, hilarious. I don't but think she I was hilarious she was either, but her, her presence was just, like, a charming one. And, yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, it was. She's yeah, an yeah, archer. Can she show up in the Hawkeye Christmas show? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I I didn't really like her being an archer. I don't that I didn't felt like that well, silly it's, and it's, stupid. It is what it is. So can we just start it putting is. her in things? Like, yeah, can sure. Yeah. Her, if she is, then yes. A very, <laughs> art, uh, a very Hawkeye Christmas is what it should be yeah. called. You all saw the no, trailer, I'm so right? Happy. I'm so happy there's a holiday Marvel thing. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's due it's about time. Anyways, um, so, what it was, I don't know, I was going off of nothing. But, oh, yeah, Dormammu, end of world scenario, power creep that is unnecessary. You know, we're all the same thing we're talking about. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like there are more recent Marvel movies in the MCU that aren't, that aren't, like, I mean, end of the to universe. I mean, even, like, WandaVision's like, like, Wanda not end of universe. Stop yeah. Michael Keaton from robbing Tony Stark. Yeah, absolutely. And and whatever Ghost Steel was in Ant Man Two, I don't really remember. But yeah, the stakes of that were real low. I think. Well, I don't know. Yeah, don't she was just like disappearing, but... and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I th- um, what, what about I just... Captain Marvel? Were the stakes? And yeah, I guess it was like Ronan attacking Earth or some craziness. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe that was big. But I don't know. Yeah, there it. There, there are still opportunities, and like I said, I think WandaVision even is a, an example of something where it's a very personal story. Obviously, the ending did get bigger than it probably needed to in terms of the CG junk, but at least didn't go like, end of world, she's going to destroy the world, or whoever, you know, it still was limited in that sense. Um, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it was something where they felt they needed to because of that, or if that was what they wanted to the story they wanted to tell from the beginning. And I, I, I get the sense that I hope that's not the case because it just doesn't seem like that story called for that, that sort of conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I think that, I think we're all pretty much on the same page here. And I think that's probably why we started going, I don't even know what to say about this. Cause yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other, let's see, what other notes do I have? Um, oh, what? So another thing that I always, you know, unnecessarily ask like what's this movie about what's it trying to say and stuff and that's also like they get they, they they're like oh we're just valets because that's what we want to do we don't care about and this idea no it's your fate to take up the family mantle and like this is who you're destined to be so like, there's this idea of fate and like choice and what you want to be over what you're supposed to be and i'm not sure what the movie is even because then it's like aquafina is like she's supposed to be an archer like i don't know like what is it trying to say like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they even the, her mentor is like well you just have to focus or something like i don't know i was like what i don't what do you what's what's the point here are you are you saying that she is determined like it's fatalism just whatever you're supposed to do this this is destiny i don't know i'm not i'm not a big fan if that's what they're trying to say i don't even know if that is but yeah i was kind of confused on that now too and i, th- I thought they're because tr- he like what is the what is the internal conflict for Shang Chi? Like yeah. he's like oh I don't like I don't I'm you know he's a reluctant 
person to fulfill his destiny. Like, no, I don't yeah. want, I don't, I don't want that to be my destiny. Or I guess I don't, I'm unclear on that. He's afraid, and, like he's afraid of who he is because he's dark. He he knows he's capable of bad things, and so he's hesitant to embrace that side of himself. I guess right, or hesitant right, to yeah, embrace yeah. his destiny. I, I guess right. I, I guess that's what it is. And I when guess, he has yeah. that kind of mo, that little scene with Michelle, and she kind of teaches him you. You know, kind of accepting, you know, you know, your yeah. your mother's side and your father's side. You have to accept both. You have to accept who you are, right? You you are sure. both those things. And then she does a dance, and 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 that helps him. That allows him to de- defeat his father. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I didn't make the connection there. Like what was it that she taught him? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But I liked it. Yeah. I like the, the I mean, dancing. Cool, for the sure. dancing just, was yeah. great, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I almost feel like there's an unspoken language that I don't fully understand when they're talking, doing the martial arts stuff. And I wanted more of that. That's fine. But what to me, yeah. it the 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 penult or the the ultimate kind of um, um, whatever moment where he is supposed to fulfill that and embrace himself. It was not him doing that. It was him. He fell into the water, was going to drown, and a dragon woke him up. Like, how was that a character moment? Like. He didn't do anything. A dragon just woke him up by breathing air bubble. Like Shana that... was a metaphorical dragon that woke within him. <laughs> that, but then also, also... <laughs> it was a real dragon that saved the day. Ah, it's those metaphorical real dragons. Yeah, yeah classic. Yeah. It's a metaphorical I guess real this dragon. is probably. I'm kind of thinking that Shang Chi kind of felt a little bit along for the ride. Like yeah. Yeah, I like that actor. He's a yeah. he's cool. He's kind of charming and he's good looking. And in but I don't also think I haven't really seen him in anything else. I know he's in that show Kim's Convenience. Um, but I don't know if he's. I don't think he's a bad actor. But there were moments where it was like, I don't know if you're acting well right now. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm fine with him though. He's he's. No, he's, I think yeah. he's fine. I th- although in terms of like on stage charisma, I think he was sort of outshined by what I would yeah. say the other three main like Aquafina, Tony, and um, actually the sister. I actually really yeah. ended up liking the sister character. I kind of wanted more for her to do. Yeah. And just I hope we get to see more of her. I mean, post credit scene, sure, yeah. kind of disappointing because it was sort of kind of like obvious, like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what you're gonna do. All right. No. Uh, um, yeah. That I well, since we're on the topic, that the mid credit scene with uh, sure with the uh, Hulk and and uh, Captain, Marvel Captain Marvel just Marvel. felt so phoned in. Like they're just like, all right, we got to tell somebody that you're gonna be an Avenger. Okay, who's available? All right, Brie Larson's available. Mark Ruffalo's available. All right. Drive down to yeah, the studio. It's, just... it's gonna be you guys. Whatever. We don't need to do the whole. And they're like, should should we get the CGI to make uh, Mark Ruffalo no. perma Hulk? No. no. We'll just explain that. We'll figure, so, we'll don't figure it out it. later. Don't worry about but it. But I am yeah, curious. So I I assume this was taking place years after. Well, not years, but at least a year or however long has happened since uh end or uh yeah Endgame. It is after but Endgame. Yeah. I know it's after Endgame, but I was thinking it's longer than just a week after Endgame because I was like, oh. Mark, how did you break your arm? I want to hear that story. But then another friend told me, he's like, oh, it's because the the gauntlet. I'm the like, gauntlet. oh, is it permanently broken then for like the last year? He just always has a broken arm now? I don't know. I don't I, no, know. I, I thought that too because I was – right, because one, he's not Hulk. And then two, he has a broken arm still. Like, yeah. Because I don't – I mean, 
Yeah. I don't I don't think that's a thing. Your arm doesn't stay broken forever. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> and if it does, you want more I, than just a half dash sling. I was also more I mean, yeah, the the idea that in Endgame he's like, Hey, I figured out my problem. I'm just um I'm just Hulk all the time, but also I I'm also yeah. me. I, I had a feeling that that wasn't gonna stick. Because uh, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed though. It was I, like I, a, I it, it was a fun idea, but I I just I wouldn't have bet on that sticking because sure. you're not gonna have Mark Ruffalo always be CG. I guess. You're gonna have him yeah, yeah. just as Mark Ruffalo sometimes because it's easier. So I am disappointed <laughs> yeah, that I was right in that regard, um, and I also want to know why. Um, and sure. uh, and the other thing they mentioned in that scene was like, oh, the the rings are not like anything else. That it's not. Sure. From it's not from Asgard. It's not from this. Nothing to do with this or anything that we know. It's something else entirely. So probably has something to do with the Eternals. I would guess. I guess. So I wanted it to end <laughs> with because they're like looking at the I don't know exam the the close in zoom the elements or I don't know whatever the junk they're stupidly looking at there. I wanted to end with one of them going, "Man, what is this stuff?" Or I guess. I guess we'll just have to figure out next time or something like, what is the legend of the Ten Ring? Like, I don't know, just like, because it was so cheesy and dumb the way they did it. Like, just go, like, lean into it. Because this movie was not about the legend of the Ten Rings, so it would have been funny if they ended the movie with that line or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I have a lot of problems. Not a lot, I guess. It's just, because the movie doesn't even need to do that, and the movie's the same movie. It just, I hate that they... The Legend of the Ten Rings. What was the legend? I don't know. Like, like, you, yeah. Or just you, call you it the Ten Rings. Just call it the Ten Rings. Why does it have to be the legend of the Ten Rings? Just call or, it I don't Shang-Chi. Know. Or Shang-Chi. Just call it Shang-Chi. Or, or any. Yeah. It's... You don't call Raya the last and the last dragon, and then it's just about Raya, and then, like, was there a dragon in this movie? Nah, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's the it's next like one. It's like the crimes of Grindelwald. What were the crimes of Grindelwald? <laughs> we never found out. <laughs> We'll have to watch the next one to find out what the crimes of Grindelwald were. Yeah, I don't like it. Not to mention that that it's not like this name rolls off your tongue. It'd be one thing if it was like, "Ooh, this sounds so cool!" It rolls right off the tongue. It sounds like a, a subtitle of a video game that when your parents yeah. go in shopping for their ten-year-old kid, have to wade through one. like dumb subtitles of video games. And it's like, uh, what is this Sonic the Hedgehog and the Ten Ring? Like, is this any good? And the GameStop employee goes. Uh yeah, it's like you like I don't like it's stupid. Just call it Shang Chi or Ten Rings or yeah, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it, it, right? And it, I mean, in answer mm-hmm. of the question asked at the end of the movie, what are these? Why don't we just go ask that village? They seem to be cool <laughs> yes. with them. They seem to know a lot. Yeah. I mean, Michelle, you or no, um, Tony's wife yeah. that he meets at the seemed to know exactly what they were. Do you remember what she yeah. says when she sees them? I don't remember, I don't remember why, why but... but I do remember her recognizing them, and yeah. Yeah, she recognizes it, and then she says, oh, is that all? Yeah. As if it was nothing. As if there was like, oh, you're a puny mortal that's brought these rings of power. Um, like... It's because she's an esper. That's she, <laughs> she's an esper, and yes, Sauron Thouge forged these rings in, <laughs> yes. the, in the fires of Mount Doom long ago. She's fully aware the of what these are. Ten all rings. they have to do is is just go ask that village. They were they all know yeah, they know everything already. Just why right. um, And Michelle remember Michelle Yu knew the exact dance to do to defeat the rings. Because well, remember yeah. 
Shang-Chi asks her, hey, my mom was able to defeat my father. Can you show me what that is? And then she teaches him the dance. So they're fully aware of what those rings are. Yep. It's it yep. was pretty stupid. I don't know. It's it's a, such a minor point. It's not even worth thinking about. It's just well, I, don't know, the, <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't remember the specific line, but I do think that is valid because again, you if you're writing and you're putting that line in, they it's not like that line is naturally occurring in nature, and they just like, well, it just ended up in our <laughs> script. We can't do anything about it. No, you intentionally put that line in your script. Why? If you're not gonna make it, like, yeah. then that's a bad choice. That's bad writing. If you are putting a line in your script that is meaningless or goes nowhere or is vague on for no reason, like. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I am. That it's getting nitpicky. I'm not saying that is the end of the movie, and it sucks because no, of that line. Yeah, but there are moments just... of that where it was also just kind of confusing in terms of how the village worked. Again, these are these are logical things that don't really need to be asked or answered in a logical sense. But I, I feel like these are the things that is like, ah, oh, this is like kind of more silly action. D- I say DC. I don't mean just DC, but like silly action stuff that. I think the better MCU films don't prone aren't prone to or or yeah. they do a better job of 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 obscuring these questions that we want to ask. Uh, my my, but like okay, so she's guarding this village, I guess. So she's not in the village; she's in Earth realm. Why is she guarding something that we can't find? Like, don't put a guard outside of the thing that's already naturally no one's gonna find. Hidden. Yeah, hidden. Okay, fine, whatever. It's a story. There's a guard there. We get it. So they make a big deal about how hard it is to find this place, but he just wanders in there in the prologue. Yeah. He doesn't follow any directions. He just ends up there. But then they get there in the middle point of the movie, and they're following squeaky bear faceless bug. Um, <laughs> how did people get into this village? So this village has been around for thousands of years, apparently. How did people enter and leave this village, or enter this village before cars? Well, I think they just never left. They were just always there. I'm just saying, they... but the, the way the forest works in terms of killing or crushing people, and that thing is moving at 80 miles an hour, how did anyone get in there? Ever? Uh, I don't know. I guess I was thinking that there was, like, an exit out back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Lost Hatch. It's just like Kinda, you I spend mean... so long trying to get in, and there's oh, you, there's a, just a little door behind you over there. Or maybe they built the village first, then they constructed the forest around them. Oh, maybe, and so maybe the forest is pretty new. Maybe it did spring up in 1995 or whatever. Whenever that sort of actually would kind of make sense, and that was that's an easy line they could have written and said if they had thought about it, but they probably didn't. Yeah, okay, but I take that. I'll accept that explanation. Good, it all makes sense now. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> just one last rant about the rings. I, I, we we already have addressed it. I would just like to have known what they were or how. No, okay. I don't need to know what they were because that's a mystery. I mean, but we're going to find they, out in the next one. Was that? We're going to find that out, I assume, in the next one. That's what we're coming fair, back. Fair. That's fair enough. I would just like to have known how they worked because I kept. I would like watch like when he was using them and I was like, is he shooting like energy or is he shooting a ring out? And then the ring comes back. Is that what's happening? Like, wasn't, didn't understand how the rings worked because then like, and then, I mean, he's had them for a thousand years or whatever. And then when the sun gets them, he immediately knows how to use them. Like, I was just like, what are these rings? You movie, you, I, I, I hate to be like, it sounds nitpicky, but again, when you've, 
dedicated seven eighths of your movie title to them, <laughs> you have to give me something. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wasn't the Ten Rings also the name of the army, though? That was also yeah. It was the name of the organization, <laughs> so I guess if you're dedicating seven-eighths of your movie title to the words... It could have been the army. That's what the legend was. The legend of his army, The baby. legend of the, the organization of the Ten Rings. And yeah. The legend of the why there was a Ten Rings flag in the first Iron Man movie. Whatever. It's fine. Sure. Uh, I... Yeah. Okay, so I have two more points or questions I want to ask at the very least. Um, one... Uh, well, I forgot the first one. So two. <laughs> Bravo. Man, yes, we're on point tonight. Bit. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, uh, so what? Dang it. What is, it was a question. It wasn't even that like crazy of a question. It was a simple question, but dang it. Oh. This, uh, what was the, what was the jumping off point? And we'll... Say, say words to me and see if I could remember that yeah. based on the Was it about the rings and, and the, t- and <laughs> well, ten of them? The legend. The legend oh. of. And the legend therein. Uh, um, I think it was ring related. It was probably <laughs> Aquafina. Aquafina. Was it Aquafina? Oh, uh, Aquafina. Speaking no. of Aquafina, Aquafina, I actually did quite enjoy that that they didn't give in to like the typical romantic baiting. Mm. Sure. Um, I I mean it wasn't anything. It was just it was just the kind of yeah. there. But I yeah, I I thought that was refreshing. I I enjoyed that. Um they they could I didn't have... have to worry about them kissing at the end of the movie <laughs> cuz Ryan can't handle watching two adults kiss. Um <laughs> as we know. If you know they Ryan. They catered just for um, you then. Right? He will jump out of his chair in awkwardness. Um, <laughs> um no, they could have well, and they, they always make they, it go on so Yeah, long. they could have done it and they didn't and they still can and they get okay. Yeah, they can. Yeah. yeah, they can if they want to in the future. They've set it up but they want yeah, you, we don't need this in this movie. And you're right, movie. You didn't need that in this movie. It's fine without yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I would have liked to see it because I, I like both those people and they have good chemistry. But you're right; it doesn't. We don't need two attractive people just because one attractive man is next to one attractive woman for most of the movie. They don't need to right. end up together. So yeah, you're right. I, I do think that was um, showed some restraint at the very least. Yeah. That's I, I appreciate that. Um, okay, well, I can't think of the first question, but maybe it'll come to me. So my second question is. Um, much bigger, and I, it is this: Why does any of this matter? And it all comes back to the, the what I cannot let go that for some reason will constantly be brought up, no matter what episode, what topic we're talking about. After Loki, none of this matters, mm. right? I don't know. <laughs> Well, do you mean it? You mean within the context of the MCU, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's what I mean. I think you meant like matter to our lives. No, uh, nothing matters in that sense. Obviously, okay, yeah, good. Who cares? No, you're right. That's why we're doing yeah. this. Okay. Yes, I, I get it <laughs> in the sense that none of movies are terrible. Yes, nothing matters. I mean, in the context of the MCU, host Loki and our understanding of how the universe works and the timeline works and the t- and the uh, and the. Uh, King the Conqueror, whatever's his, his spoilers for Loki, listeners. Well, his spoilers for Yoki. I kind of am. Is it spoilers? I don't know. I, I don't think know. if you're listening to an MCU episode of our show, probably that's a given. But yeah, um, I won't go into more detail. But um, in terms of, well, it's I, the premise of Loki. You know, You'll get it from the first episode. You know, I was actually thinking about that and all the multiverse stuff that they're about to embark on, which I'm very excited about. 
Um, sure. But I was also, I, that's been on my mind, but I was watching very recently the season five finale of Rick and Morty. I don't know if any of you still... I haven't watched it yet. I've heard good things about well, it, but I haven't seen it yet. I will, I don't want to spoil it for you or for anybody watching, yeah. but I think, you know, Rick and Morty from the first season has delved with multiple timelines and, infant, you know, the multiverse yeah. and whatnot. And I think that what they have done is with this finale is come up with a potentially interesting way of still making everything matter. So I think, and, and, and I would love to have a conversation, that conversation with some people who have seen it, particularly you guys. Okay. But I think that showed me, okay, if you, if you're creative enough, you can have a multiverse and still, and still make, make things meaningful and still have an overall driving plot that, you know, that okay. aren't just throwaway. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll see. And I think some of that is well, going to depend on how that show goes in the future. Sure. And I almost felt but, while watching it that it was almost because they've criticized the MCU in that show before. It and yeah. and this creators have outspoken about how dumb they think the MCU is. I almost felt like that was their yeah. attempt to go. You know what? We can do it. So balls in your court. So I okay I, yeah that, at the end of in, it, there's yeah. an episode of um, Community season six I think where you can hear Dan Harmon openly decrying the MCU mm-hmm. so yeah he's outspoken about yeah. that so so he's wrong of course <laughs> <laughs> so let me okay well, so, let me let me maybe make a little bit more specific of a question because sure. that was a pretty cool question my my contention is not so much the multiverse aspect of loki which obviously that but let's i'm, I'm imagining that shang chi takes place before the events of loki maybe it doesn't i don't know who doesn't but let's say for the i what i mean by is why do i care or why does this matter is because our understanding is loki is that everything that has happened and is going to happen has been written so all of these choices all this excitement whatever happens in this movie in the realm of mcu i don't mean from a literary sense but if you know we're taking mcu at serious level which they have done for all the other spanning events the snap they have taken very seriously and has it repercussions throughout all their franchises so as big a revelation at the end of loki or the beginning of loki that everything is written that we are taking that now so we are saying the events of this film has already been written whatever happens is just that that's what this one guy says is right so why do i care why do i care about any of these stakes why do i care about the fate of these people how i obviously i know it's not going to end up destroying the world because one person is destroy is controlling all of it so okay let me let me ask you this sean let's pretend loki the show loki didn't exist sure what would you say are the the outcomes of this story that quote-unquote matter uh well in terms of like the wider mcu mythos or like on the same scope as your original question um well not really much yeah i would i would say the same i don't think there is anything that matters that comes sure okay yeah 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 yeah. i agree i'm not saying that i'm not i guess what i'm saying is that i think getting to the personal aspect of these stories or the character aspects of these stories, I think that the implications of what Loki is saying undermines even those aspects of a movie that could be a smaller scale movie or grounded like Shang-Chi, the first half of it. I still think that it negates a lot of whatever that film is going to be about when you're saying that it doesn't, you know, that these characters, what they do in this film is actually not because of anything they are doing. It's because of one guy determining what we're watching. One guy as in 
the the conquer king the conquer or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, a, to so me, it, we're, it's a bit of a meta meta question, but to me, it's kind of like a well, in a broad source of Hollywood and movies and the franchise that we're watching, like we know that things are going to resolve. We know that movies are yeah. going to have a good ending, more or less. Things, things the heroes are going to win. So, like in the back of your mind, that's kind of always there. So I kind of, I mean, it's part yeah. of the suspension of disbelief. I kind of have to go, oh, all right, this is a story, and I'm being told a story, and I'm going to see how the story plays out. I don't know if that so, I express myself. I get what but, you're saying, and I, I kind of, yeah, I can appreciate a certain aspect of that. Sorry, Ryan, we're going to keep cutting you off. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I guess I do agree with Matt. I guess for me, because like I was saying, I don't think that there is any takeaways from this movie in a larger context. So yeah. therefore you can erase the story or not erase the story and there is no impact. I think what where it does matter, regardless of a time reset or not, mm-hmm. and there are there are takeaways that matter, are our introduction of these characters. Because even if you have a reset of timeline, when you re quote unquote reintroduce these characters back into whatever timeline they will eventually reappear in, the audience knows who they are and whatever development that they've gone through as individuals will be the same developments so or maybe not by that i mean well or maybe and, not and, fair and, enough and i think that's well an example of that is when um at the in end game when um well i in affinity war gamora dies and then in end game they pull yeah. in a, a gamora right. from out of time before she meets star lord and has a relationship sure, with him right, so right. we're right. meeting this character going oh we know that she's going to be certain ways but not these ways because she lacks this amount of so there. I think there are still some interesting things that you can do, but yeah, you gotta plant the seeds first. You gotta you, you exactly gotta know who these characters and, are. And, I, okay, and it, sure. exactly what I would say for maybe as a just a slight variation on what you said, Matt. Although I yeah, I think you're 100 percent correct. Like you're planting these seeds, but what you're really doing is establishing a character baseline. So when you do a variation in the the Gamora yeah. example is perfect, right? Because yeah. we we have established as an audience members what our baseline for Gamora should be. She should be in love with Star Lord. She should know who these other people are. She should have be such and such way with her character development. But now we've reset her to a point. Maybe when we first met her, and the variations, the, the version of her that we see two movies later is not quite the same thing. Yeah, but we but there's an easy line that we can draw there without having to retell the whole story from scratch. Sure. So even if Shang Chi and Aquafina and and the sister maybe even are not exactly the same characters, we already know what their baseline is. Okay, I can appreciate that. I, I guess it yeah. kind of reminds me almost of like um because what came out between um and or uh, Infinity War and Endgame, right? There was like, why do we care about Ant Man two? After we just saw Infinity War, right? Mm-hmm. When it's like we had the entire half the universe. Now we care about this little guy and his little wacky capers, and 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 <laughs> there is a certain element that I still find true to that like mentality. But speaking to your guys' point, and I think it's establishing these characters. How do that now? We're establishing these characters so we can see how the effects of the snap affect them. So yeah, that yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I I I, I, I like that, and I think Matt too. What you said earlier. Whether I don't know if you meant this so specifically, but I like the idea of Kank the Conqueror being almost a meta 
commentary or a symbolic representation of our collective idea of a narrative structure and how things are supposed mm-hmm. to like yeah we're supposed to see stories are supposed to have a happy ending and and mm-hmm. why am i okay with just accepting the norm in terms of how story like yeah if let's say loki didn't happen i would still expect shang chi to have a happy ending where they defeat the enemy but why is it why am i more bugged when i think that you know a, a character in this world is controlling it if the effects are the same and maybe they're comment. Maybe that that's part of the commentary, or what they're maybe going to be yeah. trying to, if they are even commenting on any of that stuff. But yeah, it makes me actually. That, I like that. Yeah. I like kind of thinking about it. Uh, and and I was that. yeah. Thank you for explaining what I was trying to say in a more eloquent way. And it reminds me of um, I used to have this job where I would uh, I would host movie nights for old people, and I would have discussions <laughs> yeah. about them afterwards. Which, you know, I could do a whole podcast about that. Um, but uh, if there was a movie that didn't have a happy ending, they would not like it. Yeah, Just mm-hmm. flat out. If it did not have a conventional, the good guys win and the bad guys lose ending, they would not like it. It, it, it was very, very few and far, a very few amount of those people in those audiences would actually stop and think about like, huh, what's this movie mean? Like they had expectations, they had expectations and whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing is not really the point in what I'm saying, but it is something that we kind of, you know, that we have in the back of our mind when we consume media is like, we have expectations for how stories are supposed to go. And I yeah. would really, I think that would be really awesome if they did explore that. I don't know if they will. Yeah, but I, 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 it makes me like that character from Loki a lot more when I think about it in the sense like he is the um, the personification of our cultural expectations about how stories are told or how, what is supposed to happen in a story or in a movie or whatever. That whether that's intended or not, I definitely hope that's you know explored at least on some level because now I'm. I, I'm convinced I like Loki now, guys. I mean, I've always liked I know, Loki. at the, the middle, for there as well, there, I was like, wait, does Sean hate Loki now? <laughs> he came full circle. Right. Also, Matt, I, I, th- I yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, old people are pretty terrible. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Although, actually, I, it is kind of curious, because... It's not like all stories when they were kids ended happily. Yeah, it's, it's more like we've we've down selected from the general population to like in this case the people that are still alive, the people that are still willing to go to weird movie nights at at library. Old like, people don't have that many other places they go. Okay, they go they go, nah, they go to the library. Yeah, and that but that is the subset of the population that's like it has a very detailed or yeah. you know prescribed understanding of how a story well, should i don't know like because, well, interesting yeah. thought experiment you, you, you know what i mean tell, like this... you can tell the movies when you're watching trailers especially around oscar season yeah. when you're watching trailers for movies you can tell the ones that are like being marketed to to old people because they're the ones that tell you the entire movie <coughs> green book <coughs> Thank you. Yeah. What? Are you okay? What? Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, sorry, um, I just said something. Yeah, you can tell because the trailer pretty much is going to tell you the entire story of the entire movie, and it's also going to assure you that things are going to be fine at the end. It'll be all right. Yeah, that, it, yep. it's constant. You can tell. I I seriously would sit there during trailers for movies and go, yep, that's a library movie night. <laughs> and I was always right. <laughs> Did uh, you ever have any talking dog movies during library movie night? No, I don't think so. This curious. Okay, good question though. Like heartwarming talking dog movies, or like Summer of Sam talking dog movies. 
<laughs> they would love that movie, I think, right? I don't. It sounds like their uh, cup of tea. Yeah. Oh, you know what's Spike interesting? Lee you know that movie Spike. Zodiac? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. That's a, that's a rough movie, in my opinion. It's just it's, I don't like. It's murder. hard for me to watch that movie. Just in general. Yeah, oh, but oh, it yeah. has it has Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. It has Robert Downey Jr. and it has Mark Ruffalo. Hmm. Oh, that's the they're they're precursors to the yeah. Avengers, except for Mr. Well, Kyle. the only person it doesn't have who it should have is um Ted Cruz. Why? Other Wait, people will laugh at that joke. Come on, he's the Zodiac killer. You don't get the. You guys don't spend enough time on the internet. Ted Cruz, the Zodiac killer. Oh my god! It's what are you? Solved? What are you? Sixty years old? Is that a meme? Go I don't know. see. I don't, go I watch a movie meme. at the this library. Is, okay, this is this is memes. Chewy's meme corner. <laughs> Explain this meme. Just just do a, the brief. The the bullet let, points. Okay, let me go to know your meme and I'll read the first paragraph. All right, all right. Know your meme, Ted Cruz. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia page on it. There's actually a Wikipedia page on Ted Cruz being the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the same te- the senator from Texas. Ted yeah, Cruz. yeah. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Oh, just Larry so- Wilmore even made a joke about it. Dang it. Man, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't know this one. Well, our audience are all 60 plus, so. Um, okay, well, whatever. We'll look at we'll look up the Ted Cruz Zodiac Killer meme offline, or at least research into more. But um, what where, what were we talking about? <laughs> sure. Okay, you yeah, said so now yes. the Know Your Meme Ted Cruz Zodiac Killer page decides to load. Okay, thanks, computer. Oh, that's why it wasn't coming. Anyway, up. just go do you your research, refuse. okay? Because. This is making sorry. me sound stupid, but I promise you, you're the stupid one. Here. No, don't. I that's I agree. I'm not sorry. I'm not debating the oh, stupidity. Yeah, I just okay. It still when I don't know something and I've just been forced to make to reckon with this reality. How am I supposed to react? I don't know. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, now time for our next <laughs> okay. segment, which we like to call. Uh, let's read the emails that we got. Play the theme song, uh, Johnny. We, we do like to call that that. Uh, alright. Dear Yum Chunks. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. Okay. <laughs> We're late on the pickup. We'll work on, we'll, right, we'll we work on, work that, on one. that thing. Alright. Alright, all so we got two emails today. And uh, the first one Wait, is from frequent writer Kevin Young. And I'll go ahead and read this one. Kevin Young. Oh, right. He writes uh, in his subject line Is a guy ever really free? And Kevin Young continues to say, first of all, Space Jam, a new legacy. Sean (laughs) Sean argues that the filmmakers do take their dumb movie seriously. And the evidence is the epic death scene of Bugs Bunny. Oh my god, I can't believe this is an email I'm reading. Alright. My counter-argument is that every serious moment in that movie feels incredibly out of place. And that's because the rest of it has no interest in being taken seriously. I don't know, it feels like something that was shoehorned into a movie about nothing against the will of the filmmakers. I could be wrong, but the fact that those serious moments stuck out so hard made it feel like they were the exception not the evidence of a movie taking itself seriously. I don't know. I'm just a free guy. I don't know what I'm talking about. So you answered your subject line question in the email, Kevin. I guess a guy can be really free, and you are. Um, But to your point about Space Jam, 
uh, yeah, I, 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 that, sure, I agree with all that stuff. My point is that that doesn't mean I absolve the film for having the stuff in it that sucks. You said it right there in your email. This stuff felt out of place. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not liking this film. <laughs> I think y'all need to, to duke this out in person. <laughs> all right. Kevin Young continues. Ryan mentions that NPCs are not people. They're just a bunch of ones and zeros. Ryan, as a Star Trek watcher, I'm disappointed. My brows are furrowed and my head is shaking. One of the very tricky themes that the movie hints at, but doesn't get too deeply into, is the question of whether an AI being qualifies as a living thing. This is such a star this is such a trek dish question that it's the basis of the first great TNG episode, The Measure of a Man, where Picard argues that Data is alive even though he's just a bunch of ones and zeros. Anyway, I think that's a small element of that silly movie that you guys didn't get into, so get into it. And Sean, I hope this is enough to achieve the forgiveness that you so cruelly withheld in the Free Guy episode. Stay safe, and don't get burned by the fires of Chunk. Kevin. Um, well, first Thanks off, for your yeah, concern. I don't even remember what grudge I held, and that not that just how it always is? <laughs> the, you know, the time heals all wounds so i forgive you kevin or, or whatever you forget everything that makes you look bad exactly exactly <laughs> um but yeah uh good now i'm glad someone's not yelling just at me in emails <laughs> now someone's yelling at ryan <laughs> I, I know it's it's a it's a touchy subject and that i was i every time an episode like this happens in tng and it happens way too often where AI spontaneously exists, I kind of like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. It's like Wesley Crusher leaves an experiment out in a Petri dish, and it, it just, okay, it, it spontaneously creates artificial life. Or the, uh, what are the comms, the, uh, I think, season seven episode, that the um, little machines that they sent in to go drill and they become in, self-aware that the uh i don't that's not season seven though is it, is it season, season six or seven where data's like well, yeah I, I know what you're talking yeah and like right all these little machines that are sent to they're just in be the, autonomous. Lower, the lower decks thing it's in season one lower decks whatever it's called yeah um and there's all there is also a season seven one remember they're on the train and the train yes the enterprise in the becomes yeah 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 like it, it happens way too often it happens um there's an episode on ds9 where this world of holographic the holographic community becomes sort of self aware Oh, yeah, or Moriarty, even in TNG. Or Moriarty. Yeah. And the Moriarty is the worst one, right? Because all you, apparently all you have to do is to instantly yeah. create artificial life is to say, hey, computer, create a program that can beat data. And apparently the answer to that is to create <laughs> <laughs> to create life. Um, <laughs> like, it's just... it. Okay, I, I mean, I don't disagree. I think a lot of that stuff is lazy. Well, I don't know if lazy writing. They're, the point of these TNG and Star Trek is to come up with these it, hypotheticals. So I get it. That's sure. fine. It, but that's, to it, Kevin's yeah. point, ignore all that. What about Measure of a Man? Oh, that's a fantastic episode. And the reason I think it's sort of... They did a good job with... Because that, right, that, that is the whole... Yes. Uh-huh. Premise of the... Of the uh, episode it's not that episode isn't about these little little autonomous things that oh they've kind of created a life on their own where we get to yeah. go stop their menacing whatever the heck's going on no the whole point of the episode is to have this debate 
That way the rest of TAG can go on without any <laughs> scruples <laughs> because they've exonerated themselves from having to explain whether this is justified or not. Okay, so I guess, so maybe, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the sense that your issue is more in the explanation of how these things are created. But you're saying if the show were to just say, look, this is a premise, this thing's alive in a person, but without getting into nitty gritty, you're more okay with yeah. that? Th- okay. And those are the best ones, right? Because okay. it doesn't, and I think that's, yeah, don't get... T- I mean, even though as an intellectually curious person, I'm always curious to see what explanations they might come up with, It ultimately, that's, you're going to fall short, right? Because it's not going to satisfy everyone. Like, for example, if, if you guys have seen the show Devs, you can watch uh, the I first 20... I know what it, yeah, I know what it yeah, is. Yeah, if you just watch the first 20 minutes, it's, it's a... I mean, I wouldn't recommend the show to anyone who isn't... A, well, I haven't seen the whole show, but... Super computer science, like, and I mean computer science as in people who know like Alan Turing and all the old greats in the 1800s and stuff mm. about what a computer is and what that means for the universe in terms of the quantum level, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Who cares? You could spend literally hours in thesis, writing theses about what that all is, but that's not going to fit into a TV show and be cons- and be believable. So just say what it is and be over, you know, just move on. So you're just saying, yeah, just get like, look, this thing's alive. It does the scientific explanation is never going to make sense, so we're not going to try to make it make sense. Look, just take our word. This thing's alive. That's it. The end. That's good enough. That's good enough. So I guess that with Free Guy, you you think they tried to kind of explain it too much, and that's where it didn't work for you. Well, I think Free Guy is a little different because it is not trying to sell itself as being intellectual yeah. or even interested in being smart. Yeah. In that regard, it's just mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, they're NPCs. Yeah, don't shoot them." <laughs> well, uh, I mean, but that's literally they're ones and zeros designed to be shot. Like, I'm not saying that in terms of the human element, that's okay. I'm just saying, it, like, if I delete a character when I'm writing an essay, I I, I, t- I did a typo and I deleted the character. Oh, Ryan, you just killed a life form. There's yeah, no difference. There's no difference from me deleting a character when I'm writing an essay in Word than deleting, quote unquote, shooting an NPC. Because that's not, its death has no meaning. It is still an entity within the program, right? You don't erase, nothing gets deleted from a hard drive okay. when you shoot a character on the screen. Deletion oh. is death. Sure. Okay. So let me is death. let me let me propose this hypothetical then. Let's say you had a scenario where there was an AI that the the, the the show or movie or whatever story says. Yes, this AI thing, it's alive. We don't explain it, but it is an NPC or whatever. It's a it's Moriarty. Moriarty's alive. Would you be okay with that? Yes, I, I would be more okay with it. Infinitely Even though it's the okay. same idea that they could just delete it and it's ones and zeros. Wait, what? Is, what's that last part? Even though they could just delete it in the same way they could do a typo, it's just ones and zeros. They could delete that something from the program, right? I guess if so, I guess what I'm saying is if you've if you've tried to explain it and that explanation doesn't meet my master, yeah. then then deletion of it has less meaning. Oh, I see. Which is okay. okay. So, and I realize that is I'm um, being. Um, I'm not giving you an exact rubric by which you'll understand whether I approve or disapprove, <laughs> right? That's I acknowledge that. That's just, but it's just, I think that would be a silly thing for you to ask anyway, Kevin. 
Maybe. I don't actually think that's what he's asking. So I guess my my I I don't disagree with any of this. I'm just at plain devil. No, devil these are advocate. good questions because I, I you guess are, in a way you are helping me understand it myself because. So yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things is I, to me the concept of AI and fiction. I I'm not I don't have an issue with that in and of itself. But it sounds like you potentially do in and of itself. Like I yes, that's fair to say. Yeah. Okay, and that's fine. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just like, oh, that helps us understand, I think, maybe some more, the more root of the issue. Which, so, okay, let me ask this question. Let me ask this controversial question. Do you think Data is a person? So I think Data is a person because the show, and specifically Brett Spiner, did such a great job convincing (laughs) me of it. Huh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. What about it Cylons? Is interesting, Are like, Cylons people? Was that? Are Cylons people? No. Oh. So they are just toasters. You agree with that Captain of the Pegasus or whatever. Hmm. So I what I don't agree <laughs> with so like, okay, if if you had an enemy and the, the, the crew of the Galact um the Galactica yeah. is pretty pretty bent on just killing these toasters right yeah i so i think i well they at to a certain point at a certain point they aren't that's not what to a certain point they aren't but there are certainly members of the crew that are yeah sure i think if i was a member of that crew i would have a hard time being of the mind that we need to kill them with extreme prejudice like i don't think because part of like okay if you kicked, like, let's see, what's, like, if you kicked something with malice, right? Yeah. You took malice out on something that couldn't feel emotion. Yeah. I still don't know if that would be, right? It's more about the act than it sure, is that's the fair. recipient, its ability to feel negative, right? Like, if you do a vile act, it's, mm-hmm. it's a vile act independent of its recipient does that kind of make sense i yeah, mean obviously sense, punching at sure. your aggression is okay i'm not trying to say that um does it, so yeah but i th- i agree yeah. but i think there is that it, there's a delineation between that question and the question of ai like they're, they're you know the recipient if that thing is alive right. like so i guess the thing is do you ever think ai is possible or is can is a thing <laughs> So it sounds I, like you just don't think AI is So, yeah, I have possible. a lot of thoughts on this because I've, I've, I'm a computer scientist and I've read a lot of papers on it and I've done a lot of my own discussions and thought experiments and just things like that. So uh, since we were already taking a lot of time, one of my favorite examples to kind of understand AI is the following. And I'm probably not going to do this very well, so bear with me. If you had, if you put a man in a box, he, this man inside this box can't mm-hmm. see the outside world. All he has are these shoots, these t- the, these tubes, in which he you'll receive a tube. Yeah. He opens this tube; it has Chinese written on it. Okay, mm. he doesn't understand Chinese. He he doesn't know what Chinese is. They're just random characters to him. But in the middle of this room is a big book, and this book has all the Chinese characters that he could possibly ever find coming out of these tubes and these these mm-hmm. these messages this book will give him a direct translation for every chinese character a japanese character this man doesn't speak japanese either so his job is to take all the chinese characters 
being received on these tubes, translate them into Japanese characters, and then send them back out the ex- the outgoing shoot. Okay. To the outside world, this man understands Chinese and Japanese. He understands its meaning. He understands its context. He understands its syntax and semantics. Okay. Would you say that this man is intelligent in the way we understand language? Oh. He, um, I don't know. In the way... I don't know. But, mm. Oh, man. No, because... Uh, Maybe. I mean, uh, uh, Lindsay Ellis did an entire talk on this in Vegas that I went to go see her in about how language requires context. And context is something that has to be learned and it has to and it has to do with society and society has to do with social skills and you can't just I mean, he's doing what Google Translate does. Right. So imagine the most sophisticated Google Translate. Yeah. That's what this man is. Yeah, but you're saying he's a man. So it's hard for me to not think of him as a man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it's a man, that's, I mean, obviously you can, I'm telegraphing where this conversation is going, right? Mm. It's the man's not a man. He's actually a machine, but it doesn't matter. The point is, it's a box that receives inputs and spits out exports. Okay. I see what you're saying. And so you're saying if I were to, if if you were to say, is this box a person, even if there's a man inside of it, then it's, you'd say no. Okay. I got it. Okay. So I guess, yeah, I like, yeah, it's cool. So I guess, the reason, I, and I don't disagree with any of that, to me, okay, so what makes a human a human and in terms of our consciousness, we actually can't specifically explain, right? There, we have a very yes. specific definition of certain things, but ultimately, what makes something human in terms of how we un- understand our self-awareness and consciousness, there's no quantitative way to define that. So if Agreed. there's no quantitative way to define that, then how can we say something is not that? So, so yeah, so that's actually the second part of my whole like AI thesis is that I can explain away through, and I was going to keep mm-hmm. giving you more and more thought experiments, Sean, that mm-hmm. would maybe further you to my point. But where yeah. this is all going, as soon as you say, well, okay, Ryan, maybe you've disproved the legitimacy of artificial intelligence, but how is that any different than human intelligence? Yeah, Prove that, the existence of human intelligence? Exactly. I'll exactly. say, well, you got me there because I have no clue. And now exactly. I, I fully open up the doors to say, yeah, I, it could be that we're no, we are as, quote unquote, artificial as anything else. Like, yeah. one last thing. Look, look at your computer. Imagine the hard drive sitting in your computer. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there's AI running on that hard drive? No, probably not. No, not in the way that we're talking about it right now. No, right. Okay. But what's what is sitting on your hard drive? Data. In the form of. I don't know codes, code zeros and ones and stuff. Correct, ones and zeros. Yeah. And it's just a very specific sequence of ones and zeros that makes up the graphics you're currently seeing on your screen, the mm-hmm. text you're seeing on the screen, the colors, my voice. Although yeah. I don't know if that's actually hitting your hard drive. It's probably just going through, but that's not important. Um, okay. So it's a very specific sequence of ones and zeros. No more, mm-hmm. l- no less. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Sure. Do, yeah, you yeah. Th- do you think that there is a unique, or not even unique, any configuration of ones and zeros that for you would define AI? 
yeah, I think I'm open to that possibility. That's what I'm saying. To me, there's no that the because I don't know what makes us human, it could be ones and zeros. Okay, that's interesting. For me, there isn't. It's ones and zeros conducted by humans. Humans put those ones and zeros there. You guys. And guess what? I can take that hard drive. I can hit control C and control V infinitely many times. Yeah. No, does that mean that every instance of that control V has its own identity? I think uniqueness for me, uniqueness is a requirement for identity and AI. It's it's probably Um, the answer is probably just the soul. All right. Let's just let's just leave it at that. I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's kind of funny because as much as I don't really believe in like souls or anything like that, I am. All my arguments are pointing to that direction. <laughs> that, uh, I, I, I guess what I'm saying up. is that yeah, I I think that the so yeah, imagine a, the human mind. We know, let's say eighty percent of it. Let's imagine concentric circles, and that twenty percent is a black box. We just do not know whether it, so. Take AI. We know what makes up the part of the humanity that we do understand. And let's say AI, the most advanced AI, is a 50%, um, you know, or sorry, we, we, we understand like 100% of that black box or the 100% of that circle of AI, right? Because it's AI, we generally understand all of it. But we don't know that 20% of what humanity is. What if that 20% of a black box of humanity matches exactly what that 20% middle part of that human circle is. And they're the same thing. To me, that they're, it's alive. It's as alive as we are. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying before. Like, if in comparison to the human psyche, yeah, yeah that's, that's where it's... Uh, yeah, that it kind of, my argument doesn't... Well, I don't really have an argument for that at all. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I, that human beings can even be qualified as anything at all. Like that's that's. I'm just defining it in terms of the, your scenario of like the black box. Well, yeah, it's a black box that has inputs and outputs. But if yeah. unless there's true cognitive comprehension, I guess what I'm saying is other, all that all that you're doing it, it's following code. The code says. It's a list of instructions. That's all code ever is. It's a list of instructions. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that you have that that black box scenario. In some way, you have defined human because it's a black box. Sure. Humanity is a certain level. You have yeah. just described a human in your definition I, I of agree. AI. Right. The, the difference is we, uh, under this simplistic thought experiment, I have detailed. Yeah what this artificial intelligence is comprised sure. of. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So. so we solved, hey, does every, everyone was expecting a discussion on AI. Kevin, you asked for this. <laughs> you asked for this. You made us do this. And guess what? Right. We have like a five times longer email coming up, everyone. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, let, I guess we should move on. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. No, that was a, it's a good, it's a good email, because like, I've, I think I've written to Kevin about something similar. Yeah. Um stuff so it's it's a really good conversation point and every time it comes up a lot in science fiction and yep. that's one reason i don't like black mirror very much um well thanks kevin for the email uh even more so than usual you have prompted us to think and think and examine who are we what are we what are we doing here on this crazy planet um i guess i don't know uh-huh. uh 
<laughs> but uh, moving on, because we have another email. Okay. Um, this one takes some coordination. <laughs> now, um, yes. now, in this email, I will be... This is from Sam Stovall. I will be playing the role of present-day Sam, and Ryan will be playing the role of past Sam. Yes. Which will make sense, hopefully, as, as I read this. this. Ryan, do you have it open? Okay. So... Subject line, I've made a huge mistake. Boy, so have we. Um, <laughs> oh, no. um, subject line, I've made a huge mistake. Hello, Yum Chunkers, and welcome to a very special installment of your listener mail segment. Okay, because that wasn't already what this was. Okay. Your podcast holds the distinction of being the show that I most often start drafts of emails to and then stop writing before I finish because I'm sick of how much of a blowhard I am. Thank God I did manage to send you that one about the Sonic trailer, though. But you're in yeah, luck You're you. in luck today because, much like a pre-plus Disney, I am opening the vault. Here, seen for the first time by human eyes, are my unfinished Yum Chunks email drafts. First off... From June of 2019. Hey, Chunksters. Been enjoying your episode that's ostensibly about Dark Phoenix, but it's actually about attempting to unravel the mess that is the X-Men movie chronology. And that is not a criticism. I'm seriously loving it. As far as the future of X-Men, I'm curious to know how interested any of you are in the prospect of the X-Men joining the mcu and if you have any thoughts or ideas regarding how best to introduce them into that world a thought i'd had was that introducing the cosmic elements of the x-men universe first before scaling things back down to earth could be a good way to make this feel like a fresh take on what has become a pretty stale franchise here's my idea have the shiar empire be a major factor in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Have Xavier be there, and have him be a broken man, full of regret, but also fully in love with and being emotionally taken care of. Oh no! Looks like that one ends (laughs) mid-sentence. I later told Sean that I'd started writing about my X-Men Guardians of the Galaxy 3 pitch and he encouraged me to still write in, even though it had been months since Dark Phoenix. So, here comes my next draft from deep in the heart of the pandemic, May 2020. Hello, yum chunkers. I know just the thing you're looking for in May of 2020 is a year late is a year late response to your Dark Phoenix episode in which you both guessed what the introduction of the X-Men into the MCU might look like. So here I am, ready to provide. Feel free to ignore or acknowledge my overlong X-Men pitch at your whim. So, first off, I think the best way to infer... Yikes, (laughs) Sam from the past. That was even less impressive than your first draft. Well, what can I say? I think we were all having trouble keeping motivated at that point in the year. Unfortunately, that marks the end of my attempts to bore you with my Guardians of the Galaxy 3 slash X-Men spinoff. Now, we'll come back to that. Now, let's fast forward a year to your incessant calls for people to write in with alternate hot takes on Loki, which I simply couldn't ignore. 
<laughs> Except I did ignore them since I never finished writing this. <laughs> hey, chunk boys. Man, I can't remember the last time I wanted so much to jump into a podcast conversation that I was listening to. My counterpoints to all your criticisms of Loki surely wouldn't have created a Nexus event so large that the TVA would have had no choice but to prune our universe. A few things, or probably a lot. Sorry in advance. (laughs) I'll start off with things I can only theorize about. One of the few things you guys bring up is all the crazy Loki variants and the idea of how, of of how, can they possibly exist if the universe is supposedly getting pruned every time it shifts too far outside of the sacred timeline? Older guys, alligators, a woman? And yeah, I don't totally know the answer to this one, but I think it's something we may get a little for may get a further explanation of in a season two. My vague theory, though, is that the TVA is only aware of what he who remains chooses to make them aware of. And only when an event really veers off of the timeline is it worthy of pruning. And only if it veers off the timeline and can somehow either result in him being dethroned and discovered or in a variant of himself gaining knowledge of the multiverse and restarting the war. I'm, I'm following. I, I, okay, I, that, I, I, I might have saying. to reread that. that I, 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 okay. So, yeah. like, maybe the alligator Loki is young? Yeah. He's younger than a lot of the other Lokis, and he hasn't reached the point in the timeline where he would need to take part in any of the Avengers' movie plot lines that might eventually result in a stop or start to a universe war multi-universe war okay yeah that's it except (laughs) oh wait (laughs) then why did they try to prune sylvie when she was a kid right we had that question okay so why did they try to prune her when she was a kid okay so maybe alligator loki is from a universe that diverged very early on in which all of the life we see that appears roughly human, Asgardians, Yondu people, Jeff Goldblum people, Benicio del Toro people, <laughs> etc. Lovely types of people, I love them. <laughs> yeah. All evolved into alligator-like creatures. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. And that, and that, wait, and that. And that in that universe. Oh, and that in that universe, or in that universe, the he who remains variant who is an alligator <laughs> never really does anything that could be conceived of as a threat question mark there we go but then maybe he did eventually do something that could be potentially threatening and that's why he end up ended up at the end of time with I'm, the other I'm following oddly enough <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, I am yeah, yeah, so this, uh, yeah. Uh, okay oh screw it he's a loki maybe he just He's just choosing to make himself appear as an alligator to everyone else because it's funny. Okay, I, I actually kind of like that. Uh, moving on. A lot is said about free will during your conversation and about whether any of the concepts they introduced are adequately addressed. More on that in a second. First, 
you talk about how some of the characterizations aren't as strong or at least as conclusively satisfying as any of a, say, WandaVision. And maybe there's something there because story because this story is still going on. But personally, I'm way more compelled by a lot of the character journeys in this show than those in WandaVision. You guys talk about how the Loki-ness of Loki fades as the show goes on. How he seems almost dumb without agency. During the finale, you want to see him be three, no, five steps ahead of everyone else. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess we must have said that. And that is just not what this show is about. In the first two episodes, Loki's sense of the world, his sense of self, his sense of glorious purpose, his violently is finally snatched away from him. Mobius forces him to come to terms with who he projects himself to be, who he truly is, and most importantly, why he chooses to do the things that he does. Why he chooses to be the villain. The entire concept of the show is a reflection of Loki's complete destruction of self. When we travel outside of time and find that the scale of events outside of... Oh boy, glad I cut that one off before it got too out of hand, right? I certainly didn't spend an hour writing it while skipping around your episode to make sure I didn't accidentally gloss over any points that you guys made that I needed to push back against because that'd be something that a crazy person would do. Anyways, sorry for wasting three emails worth of your time with this, but... I needed you to know, I guess, and thank you, and keep doing the special and important work that you do with love, Sam. P.S. From what I remember, that Guardian's pitch was pretty sweet. The crux of it was that Star-Lord was becoming very jealous of Thor being on the team and drawing the romantic attention of the new timeline Gamora, but then was separated from the team and stranded with Xavier and Laandra. The movie would then shift into a storyline about Xavier and Star-Lord competing for the affections of Alondra, but eventually both recognizing that the source of their emotional neediness was depression and self-esteem issues, and that they shouldn't let their lives be dominated by their crushes and the inflated sense of importance that they've placed on them. Xavier would return to Earth at the end to reform the X-Men, and Star-Lord would return to the Guardians with a renewed sense of self-worth, which is a lesson I still feel he could stand to learn. I had some other stuff planned for the other Guardians, but I don't remember what it is now. Hey, look at that! I managed to finally send you my X-Men MCU pitch after all of this. <laughs> Was I saying something about being a blowhard at the beginning of this email? It seems like <laughs> such a long time ago now. <laughs> Um, uh, so we'll we'll just cut this whole. Egg- this will be a special bonus episode on its own. I feel this warrants Sam's email warrants its own. Um, oh my gosh, there's so much to tackle I think, here. I think we actually. I don't even know how we can. I think we probably um, should do this as an episode. <laughs> episode eighty three, uh, Sam's email. Yes. Um, yeah, we won't we won't dive into every detail. I will say though, Sam, thank you very much for writing uh you made the right choice in including all of this you absolutely did the right thing yes. this was the morally correct for, choice for, and you, you for the job. hours that you poured into writing all of these unfinished emails yes. i hope we did it justice i hope we made your time yes. worth it at least in the, um, the means of that stupid performance that ryan and i just put on yes 
totally worth it. Uh, yeah, I won't comment on everything. I dug your pitch. I do think the pitch is awesome. And I surprisingly, I did follow what you were saying about the wacky time stuff and the variant stuff. Um, the only response I'll say about some of the character stuff is is actually just a as a recommendation uh, to Lindsay yes. Ellis's channel again. Uh, did you watch that episode? I did. I Matt, loved the, that. Uh, I, I loved that episode. episode. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's it's a great episode. It's not all about Loki. She talks about a lot of stuff, but she talks about the idea of a narcissistic character in fiction and specifically in the MCU and how Loki is kind of the perfect embodiment of that until the Loki show where she makes some really good points, which I would, did not make very well in what I was trying to say about the characterization of Loki in the show. She also likes the show. She thinks it's a great show, but I think she she really articulates some of my feelings about what didn't work. She also talks about Arrested Development a whole lot. (laughs) And Yes, she does. She talks a lot about great things. So I won't go into a full explanation or, you know, counterpoint, even though I definitely can and want to. And Sam, I'll probably just be talking (laughs) to you online about all of my counterpoints or non-counterpoints. Don't deprive our listeners of (laughs) that conversation. You guys guys should just do a special episode, just the two of you, and hash this email out. I would would be down to listen to that. Um... Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But in any case, uh, I just at least want to shout out that Lindsay Ellis video because that is relevant and it was a good video. I like it. and Lindsay Ellis is always good. So, anyways, but uh, aside from that, yes, thank you for. <laughs> it, these are like lost fragments, like you know, Man. like remnants of archaeological. That was so you know, special. Parts of history. It just I felt know. so special. That uh, yeah. It. it... It was really special. I I am curious about the stopping mid sentence. Like I'm trying to visualize Sam at his computer, and like either he just falls asleep mid sentence, or he's just like he just he just well, like every, says, just, he gets up and says f this. No, I imagine every time like, he's in the middle of a sentence, his pop tarts are ready. Uh, that that actually <laughs> that does make too. sense. Okay. I mean, I could see kind of like he's like, okay, I'm about to get into it, and it's like, okay, where do I start? Where's I'll get back to this, and then you know Google always saves your drafts whenever you start, and then it just sure, like, but sat there. And draft that makes sense if you months. finished a sentence. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, right, you, exactly. You know his what I mean? Like you completed the thought. And his then... hot, po- his yeah, hot oh, pockets and are ready. Obviously, takes takes priority. I got to get those pockets out of the toaster, hot pockets. So, all right, fair enough. Um, um, well, there you go, listeners, and. If you had any doubt whether we would read your email in this in, in on cast, like ah, oh, they'd never read my lengthy or crazy or rambling email. All those fears. We ain't doing anything else. This point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the longest listener email segment we've ever had, and um, it's pretty was, great. It's glorious. Thank you, thank you yeah. everybody who's ever written. This in. is yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, thank Kevin. you everyone who's ever written. And this is maybe the best listener or email segment we've had um not because other emails have not been great but because this is just so special and the, and the conversations spurned from it have been great so all right well um it's time we're done <laughs> it's time it's been it hasn't been our longest yet but it's been long um so write in check us out check out uh coming up oh before any of that i also want to plug some stuff i want to plug some Castville because I've been slumming around Castville this week. Go tune into um, Jack Silly Little Friendly Na- Neighborhood Star Trek Discovery Short Text Picard and Lower Decks podcast talking about some Lower Decks this week. Uh, go over to Marvel Star Wars Explorers Sam's podcast. Um, I'm talking about some Marvel comics this week on their show. And go tune into What Were We Watching? Um, uh, an awesome podcast if uh, you guys have not 
listened or heard of it. Um, friends of mine, Eric and Cam, talk about uh, movies from our childhood, nostalgic movies and shows from the 80s and 90s that made us who we are. I'm over there talking about the movie Fight Club. Um, so that is a lot of fun. All of these are going to be dropping about the same time this episode's out. So um, go listen to all that stuff. If you, for some reason, want to keep listening to me, which... On second thought, don't listen to any of that stuff. Never mind. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, just giving plugs, shout outs to that stuff. All right. Well, I think there's probably still some onion rings left to heat up. So. Yeah, and I still have another one of those little plastic little things of ranch. Oh, did you save so. it for me? Mm. Yeah, you said yummy, you liked it, so. yummy, yummy. <laughs> um. Any other last thoughts on Shang Chi? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't know. I, what? How else do we close this? Any last thoughts on AI? No! <laughs> okay. Um. Definitely not. I mean, I still have a lot of thoughts. I'll never stop Please having thoughts do. about AI. Just stop. <laughs> Please do just, not just stop. Just stop. Just, just, just stop. stop. Okay? And with that, right. let's stop this. <laughs> Good night! No, stop. Bye, y'all. Stop. Stop. Stop sorry, it. Stop. This has been After the Credits A Young Chunks Podcast <laughs>